and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, yes. how you doing? Um, feeling, um, what's the word? Uh, Melancholy? No. Um, what's wrong? Apologetic. Oh my, okay. That's okay. Uh, I, I, I wanted to address, uh, I got a lot of blowback for something I, for some points I made on the show last week. That, yeah. Uh, it'd be one thing if like, I could say like, if I could stand by everything I said, but like listening to it back, it's like, yeah, I got a little ahead of myself and kind of overstated my case and kind of forgot, um, certain things like what the civil rights act does. <laughs> um, basically, uh, to, to, to fill in our, our guest who has not been introduced yet. Let's, let's I rehash this. That's I a good call. basically said it was, I'm the, the voice of the listener at home who I missed last week, but I the, just had to hear this week. So the core of the discussion was more about what uh, to me was more of a free speech thing. Mm-hmm. Basically saying anyone is free to say that they hate gay people or sure. these awful things just as much as we are all free to mock them incessantly or say that we think they're garbage or all the things that we think like that was what I said. But in the course of my rant i said that any business has the right to refuse service to anyone which is literally legally not true um in uh to one extent or another in essentially the whole country which is which is incidentally what i believe so you know so you think i've seen ali fury to the soul i get it so but but i mean so you think that if a business has uh, a, a policy against serving black people that's up to them. Well, of course I think it's horrible, but I certainly, oddly enough, I think that I think, Oh my gosh, why are we into this now? Um, battleship politics. I, I know. I hate no, it no, because I want to, I think I, I was like, I, I wasn't thinking about the issue as much when I said it. Cause I was more in, like focused on the free speech element of it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't thinking about this part of the issue. And so I, that's why I wanted to bring it up now. Yeah. Well, of course I think that's terrible, but actually I think that, in in 20 people will often say like well it's 2015 in 2015 i think even more so like there people can write write horrible yelp reviews people can get any number of things that they want off the internet people can start businesses they might not last but people can start businesses very easily and so i feel like but the thing is now is a is a time when it's easier to do that and i'm i'm more on board with that to to do to, if, if someone had a policy against serving black people, we could yeah. all mock them out of existence. Yeah, their, their policy is not. They're, they're, it, Wait, well, why, why is why is that? Oh, you're saying it's they should be allowed to do it because it's a dumb thing to do and they're going to get run over anyway. Yeah, like you can't basically you can't it's run they're, a business. They're like a private that. business; it's their choice. And I see where you're coming from, but I think the issue is. I don't think that's. I don't think that trumps just let everyone have a you know serve everyone sort of a thing. Well, and then then we get to, for example, like the where we started last week, which is the idea of, you know, uh, like not catering a gay wedding or something like that. There might be somebody. It's not merely that they disapprove. It's that they think this thing is inherently wrong. And to be a part of it, they are now a part of the wrongness and that they what they are now doing and profiting from is morally wrong. And so they are being forced not merely to go against their own prejudice, but to go against their own morals and do something they think to be wrong. And I think that is, I think that's where things for me, for me get cloudy. I definitely agree that it's cloudy, but I think there has to be a, to me, there's a part where pragmatism trumps idealism. And that's why every time I've gotten in trouble for saying mm-hmm. things politically 
on this podcast, it's because I've let my libertarianism run rampant. Yeah. And libertarianism is so based on idealism and yeah. not pragmatism. Yeah. Maybe, and, maybe, maybe this is why I apologize every time I bring up my own politics because I know the um, listener's not on board but with from me. From a pragmatic my, point my, of view, like, oh, real quick, we live in Los Angeles. We have, it's the second biggest city in the country. Damn right. And it, we have endless choices. But someone in a small town might not have another choice. It's the, and that, that's the same the, the reason I oppose like the Hobby Lobby. I just want to say like before you guys go on with your both boneheaded views. Okay, you know like I'm a fun guy to listen to in case people are going to tune out. You know <laughs> we're about to so, bring you on. So when people are like, ugh, these two schmucks don't know what they're talking about. Stick around for Josh Fatum. Yeah, stick around. <laughs> yeah, um, stick around for Josh Fatum and our our. Uh, our sponsor, who undoubtedly loves these conversations, and I have to, ass- I have to assume endorses them, right? <laughs> They're paying um, us for them. Yeah. So, okay, I'll say the. It's like with the Hobby Lobby thing. You can say, "We'll just work for someone else." That's not. That's not e- as easy. It's much more right. easily said than done. Uh, anywhere in the country, but especially in smaller towns where there are a few, few, yeah, fewer the, choices. The small town thing. Be- that's where like it becomes a problem, and, and that's why I think ultimately there is no there's no solution that's going to fix everything. Uh, there's, you know, and so if there's not going to be a solution that fixes everything, my, I tend to land more on the government, not telling people, uh, your morals are wrong and shut up and do what we say. And, uh, the freedom of religion thing is only goes so far as uh, we say, I don't like the idea of that. And so, especially if that's not going to solve everything. Um, but that's my own personal thing. My personal thing, since I'll jump in there since we're talking about it, is who gives a shit who people fuck? And, uh, you know, if someone wants to fuck someone, it doesn't matter to me. They can do whatever they want. And uh, it's not even a government issue. It's just human rights. Uh-oh. Not even government issue. Someone's sound sounding a little libertarian. Is that libertarian? <laughs> I, I think so. Anytime someone says that, it's like, it's like right. oh, I, I mean, whether, I, I say, I say whether the governments are saying it or whatever, I think it's just... People are people, and if they want to do a thing, let them do a thing. Oh, sure. It's not hurting anybody. Yeah. Right. People are people, so why should it be you and I should get along so awfully? It's Depeche Mode. Oh, okay. That's a good place to get <laughs> I into. We, I thought you were getting into, uh, uh, what is it, um, e- Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that too. Um, yeah, let's, uh, do you want to do the ad first or bring in the guest first? No what one knows who the guest is yet. No, bring, feels, bring the ad. I feel so terrible uh, because I didn't. You know, after last week, I didn't want to get into it, but you... Who was your guest last week? Scott and I. Scott and I, just a... a just some guy. Yeah, just no, some... He's just some uh, Scott and I, who's the... Science um, guy? Yeah, oh, Scott and I, the out. science guy. No, he's the editor-at-large over at BattleshipRetention.com. Yeah. Oh. Writes so, all the fun stuff for Scott. Yeah, and I think because we're so casual with him, I feel like that allowed the conversation to happen uh, more easily. But anyway, uh, yeah, and listeners, obviously, you're welcome to to weigh in. Uh, hopefully we are not being too dismissive about other viewpoints. I'm sure I, I think I might have been, but that's usually <laughs> I'm the one who caught all the flack. Maybe because the listeners just expect you to not, not agree with them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. See, you're the sellout. That's, that's how it works. Here at BP, we're not going to sugarcoat it all. Yeah. We're going to get all kinds of, we're going to, we're going to stretch the opinions across the world. We're going to stretch the world. You know, it's one for everyone. Absolutely. Like yeah. Saran Wrap. Yeah. You're a, David, you're a lino. You're a liberal in name only. That's what you are. And I'll That's be the foil. Right. You'll be Saran Wrap. I'll be the foil because I'm the noisiest. Oh. Right? Or you're just like our comic foil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm the there foil. You. Oh, yeah. I say, whatever you say, I go, I disagree. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. <laughs> All right. This episode, such as it is, 
is sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. This May, Mubi features winners from the Cannes Film Festival. They'll be showing more than two dozen wonderful films that premiered at the festival, uh, including Once Upon a Time in Anatolia, which I have actually never seen. It's great. Yeah, I've been told that I'll love it. One of the best movies of the past 10 years. All right. Well, that is that is a ringing endorsement. You can find that at Mubi.com. There's also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Mubi. That's correct. Now let's bring in our guest by asking him first, have you seen Once Upon a Time in Anatolia? Nope. It's great. What's it about? Uh, basically, a guy admits that he murdered someone but he was drunk and he can't remember where the body is and most of the movie is this guy driving like riding around with the detectives in the middle of the night through the countryside trying to find where his friend's body is it's a lot like maybe it's there is it funny it's i mean it's yeah it's darkly comic but it's like i mean it's like an art movie it's like three hours long but it does have a dark comedic edge and then it you know that's what I described is basically like the first the couple hours, yeah. it, but it, it, it eventually gets beyond that. It gets into the next morning, but that's the basic set, setup is just like some detectives and this guy who was admitted to murder trying to find where is the it, dead body is. Is it American film? No, it's, um, Turkish. I think so. Uh, you seen it too? No. Oh, um, I could be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, some like tw- 2011. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. No, uh, our, so, our so that's something that that's going to be see, be able to be seen soon. Where where is it going to be seen? Movie dot com. Movie dot com. You can watch it, but I suggest you go to movie dot com slash battleship. Oh, you get a month that, free. That's my get, personal. You get it free. You yeah. get this good movie. Yeah, you get it free and yeah. many others. Yeah, many others. Yeah, thirty Start wonderful with this one. movies. Free. All right, You've let's bring in the guest. Right. You've heard his, he said his name. He's he's chimed in. He's he's been setting the table yeah. for his entrance. Yeah, his big his grand entrance. It's our yearly. Oh boy, uh, he's the foil. Um, it is our yearly summer movie preview, and as per tradition, it's one of my favorite traditions mm-hmm. of Battleship Retention. Our guest is Mr. Josh Fadum. <laughs> Hi, thanks how's for it going? Me. Good. You haven't been on. Have you been on since the last? I was. I was here for the the Lord of the Rings thon. Yeah, yeah. It's Lord of the Rings. Have I been on? Have Have I? We haven't done a just episode about something. No, together. It's been a while. Although a while. we got one. Th- yeah. Spoiler alert. Coming up. There's yeah. one coming up really soon. We're, pl- we're plotting one. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the last time I was here was for the uh, one of the last previews. Yeah. Or was it Oscar time? Or was it what's coming up in Oscar time? Or could it have been a winter preview? Or is it I, only summer? I think we just I did the summer one. Um, sure, we got to get Scott and I in here to... Uh, <laughs> he probably is the archivist, too, huh? <laughs> sure. So yeah, let's know. say he is. Absolutely. Um, uh, so what's been going on uh, in your life? You started a new... There's a new weekly stand-up show. I got a show new weekly stand-up show at really Copper Still in Koreatown. And it's funny. And Can I, I tell you, the first time I went... wasn't funny. It, no, the first time I went, I stood in the bar for a while like... What do I do? Like, where is the... There's supposed to be a comedy show here. Because it's... Yeah, the door was closed. The, yeah, the door was closed. So it's this little, like, quinceanera room yeah. <laughs> off, off the bar. Which they have a curtain now, and it makes it look real official. Oh, okay. There's a curtain by this, on the stage, and it's like, hey, that makes it look, like, nice. Good. Yeah, uh, but I so wonder, if you go to the Copperstill bar... 
there's a door to Take the right of the bar. immediate right, you see a door for the showroom. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. stand there, like ordered a drink, and then stood there for a few minutes before I figured. And then, and then I went outside, and that's when I saw through the window. Oh, there's another room. Back oh, there. had its show started yet? Yeah, yeah, the show had. The, oh, like, just I wonder started. how much you'd missed. Yeah, I, I wonder know. how many people go to there thinking there's no show here and they leave. Yeah, I wonder if that's happened. Probably. Knowing my luck, jeez, not <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> But I like that bar a lot. Yeah. Last time I was there, they were playing uh, Buster Keaton movies on the TV over the bar. Yeah, they they they, put, they yank them up on uh, they yank them up on the Netflix. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So what else is besides the show? What else is going on? Uh, I got a, another show that I do at UCB Sunset, um, and that's a bigger production, and that's kind of a different one every week. I don't really know how to describe it without making you tune out and be bored, but it's like a... Did you hear the top of the show? We're clearly yeah. not worried about that. I'm not that. concerned about it. Well, then I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about it. It's a, I get four stand-ups, and then I open with a semi-sketch, and then each bit that is performed between the stand-ups is a continuation of the previous sketch. So it's kind of like we do a little sketch play played out between stand-ups okay did you guys get check out when i was saying that or did you follow no no I got, it's like like an like an early episode of seinfeld they, right where, where there's stand-up dropped right. into the oh I'm exactly. it's all jerry doing this. right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. i totally forgot that that's what they did the early seinfeld yeah. i knew that he would open and close it and like you notice the thing the thing the thing and then yeah. they do the episode yeah i think in the early but ones the they were like have nothing to do with our story right yeah there and there's one seinfeld episode where the the story of the episode culminated in the stand-up at the end. Right. Oh. It was the only time that, that really those realities like crossed. They were messing around with But the it was form. like, yeah. he had a friend who had like gone sober, I think. Yeah, or, something like that. And at the end, the guy's like in the club, like drinking a ginger ale or whatever. Yeah, right. Because he stopped drinking. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Did that character ever come back? This <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you know who my favorite one-off character is? Who's that? From Seinfeld. It's from, I think, the second episode called The Stakeout. Okay. And, uh, it's an uncle of Jerry's that we never see again named Uncle Mac. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Who says to Jerry's, did I tell you I'm writing my autobiography? And Jerry's like, yeah, you mentioned that. And he goes, it's based on all my experiences. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a good That's a good read. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, but those are the main things. They're just performing a lot. <clears throat> Going to be in San Francisco. When does this episode come out? Uh, tomorrow night. I'll be in San Francisco at Doc's Lab on May 7th. If there's any Bay Area listeners, come see me do stand-up. I'll be doing a nice, fat hour. Awesome. Really? Yeah. That's exciting. I don't That's know if fantastic. I've ever seen you do an, an hour of stand-up. I rarely do it in L.A. You know, sometimes well, you should I'll, do it in L.A. What's the problem? I need that money. Oh, Give me okay. that money. You know, I don't know. I'd do it in L.A. It's just sort of, I guess it's finding the time. I usually, L.A. is kind of just the slop house for me. I just... <laughs> mess around and same with like my show at the copper still it's like i just just kind of loosey goose hosting you know yeah and i sometimes will chime in during a comedian and sometimes they like it and sometimes they don't like it (laughs) and then they bomb (laughs) (laughs) and i go all right you don't want me to talk i was gonna just try to get those laughs coming but uh i feel like the first one i went to you and nick kroll like had a conversation. Oh in the yeah, yeah. Of his set. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that was an early one because we were still, you know, it was like you might have gone to like the third or fourth one. We were okay. still figuring it out. But Nick Kroll dropped in. That's to say, you kind of those big powerhouse names might drop in. So yeah. come see my show. 
Well, let's I get. Feel uh, like, I feel like I'm being penalized for living in Los Angeles and being a fan of yours. Like, I want to see a full. You want to see Josh, Josh giving yeah. it his all, right? Absolutely. I should. I should do the hour set somewhere here. You know, it's also. I don't know. I guess there's got to be a demand for it as well. You know, I, you know what? I demand you, that you do your hour every right week? right now. All right. Let's see. <laughs> Just burn let's it on the side. So I usually start off with a lot of physical comedy and falling down. And uh, please don't drop that mic. Yeah. We only have a few. I won't. Um, I've been, have I been on since I broke my wrist last year? Yes. Okay, so okay. I did break my wrist last year and... So then, oh, I guess I broke my wrist, and then I probably we did the summer movie preview shortly after. I believe you broke your wrist the day you were going to be on the show and said, hey, I broke my wrist, I can't be on tonight. Oh, yeah. And then you were on, uh, like, a couple weeks later. Uh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, wow. Um, okay. I broke uh, my wrist a year ago. Hey, look how that scar's healed, guys. Oh, my. Oh, if fantastic. you're listening at home, the scar's healed very nicely is what and I'm And it's showing. right along the, right the, suicide. Along the wrist there. Right where like, the suicide's spot is yeah, yeah looks like you had a the true a t- story a was I, I can't be on there i tried to commit suicide oh boy so um and then i lived in, to do it the two weeks later <laughs> things uh, are looking to the up. show not yeah suicide right yeah. yeah right okay let's get into it shall we Indeed. Yeah, what's our number one? We started tonight. Yesterday, the a Voltron came out, huh? The the Voltron movie the Voltron came out movie, yesterday. Huh? Um, Tyler and I have both seen it and liked it. Actually, uh, have you seen it yet, Josh? Nope. Are you going to? Probably not. <laughs> no what, was, what was the last Marvel movie you saw? What was the last one that? What are list all of them that came out, and I'll tell you. I saw the Avengers. That's the okay, last one I saw. I saw Iron Man one. I saw okay. that one. I saw. Did you see any Captain America? Nope. Didn't see any Thors. Didn't see any Captain Americas. Did Guardians the, of the Galaxy. The Incredible Saw Hulk. Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. I didn't see that one. Did you see The Incredible Hulk with Tim Roth? Tim Roth? You mean... Uh, <laughs> or Edward Norton. <laughs> Tim Roth is in the movie, right? He is, but it's a weird way to pitch it, <laughs> yeah. I think. Okay, well, we I, it's like, it's like, I feel like I didn't say anything wrong. It's like You didn't, technically. <laughs> is, is there a spoiler or whatever? You know, the one with Tim Roth. Oh, okay, Tim Roth isn't in the Sam Elliott Hulk. No, he is not. Is that what I did there? Wait, you see what I did there? Is the Sam Elliott one the Jennifer Connelly one? Yes. Okay. Did you see the Hulk with Sam Elliott? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that one. The Nick yeah. Nolte, Sam Elliott, Jennifer Connelly movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Nick Nolte's Nick Nolte's in. Oh, because he plays Banner's dad. Yeah, right. Yeah. He plays Banner's dad. Isn't Whoa. that funny? Banner plays Banner. Yeah. That's why they fired him. Like, we can't have this. There's too much confusion. Too much confusion on set. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, Age of Ultron, uh, this is. I'm. I mean, I, I don't have anything against Marvel, but I'm I'm a Joss Whedon guy, a mm-hmm. former Marvel guy, and so I liked this because it was a Joss Whedon film and uh, it worked. I was really worried that it was going to be overstuffed, and at times it is a little bit, but like he manages to find just the right, yeah, there the right are some, blend of people. There I are think. some points like toward like the battle at the end where there are so many characters that you're like, has the Hulk just been rampaging for the last ten minutes and we haven't yeah. caught up with him? Like, what's going on with the Hulk? Yeah. Does it not feel like a big long cartoon with lots of things, bra- you know, smashing and cities being destroyed? And you go, well, who's going to fix that city? Do they ever deal with that? Like, well, they talk a lot. Actually, we were talking. Tyler and I were talking off mic while we were uh, waiting around for you to show up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe drop the attitude. What do you uh, guy? about how much like how much talk and time is given to the idea of collateral damage and 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 whether or not citizens are are dying yeah. is actually a big So they concern. talk about a lot of people died in that first movie a lot of uh, just bystanders that we didn't get to know died in that first movie uh yeah and again i, I think it's still a disney movie so they're not like you're not seeing any massive bodies, casualties but uh i think there's more of an implication of like them trying to limit collateral damage so are yeah. they big celebrities now and the whole world knows who they are yeah 
Yeah. Okay. yeah. There is a part that made me laugh when, uh, because everyone, you know, when the Paul earthquake happened, everyone knew about the Paul earthquake. And then now they're talking about it. So right. I feel like if there was a big, or, or same with nine eleven, everyone knew about that. Yeah. So I feel like if they destroyed a city like they did in Avengers, you know, everyone would be. Oh, saying, it's like, actually it's echoed into like Agents of Shield and Daredevil as yeah. well. The, the the Battle of New York from the end of the Avengers is like it's like a nine eleven type event in yeah. the Marvel world. Okay, it's referenced yeah. throughout that. Now is that but in the there is comic uh, books too? Uh, I, it's different storylines. Yeah, I don't actually know. But there is a, a little scene in Ultron where Tony Stark is Tree talking shark. to some scientists and there's a shot in the background of one of the scientists getting her picture taken. Yes. <laughs> She's like standing behind Tony Stark with a thumbs up <laughs> while another guy's holding up his iPad and taking yeah. a picture of her. It's a funny uh, joke. It's a funny little visual yeah. joke that happens for a second. So right. before we move on, I feel like I should uh, catch listeners up a little bit on what these, what these episodes tend to be. Oh Before yeah, we yeah. Because oh, we got because we get a few people. I like to pre also address that the, <laughs> those who have been listening a long time and familiar with me being on the show, we like to. I like to break the rules. You know, I'm not a <laughs> rules guy. I like to jump around. I like to talk about how much these movies suck. You right. know, about how uh, all these superhero movies and Star Wars reboots are ruining movies, and movies are dead, and VOD is makes makes movies dead, and you won't go. So you can't just go see movies in the theater now. You can only go see these fucking non-movies in theaters. So I like to go talk about that, and I like to steamroll, and I like to chime in, and I like to check out and get bored when, when I get bored what they're talking about. And then there becomes a lot of commenters like, I didn't like this guy. What was his problem? Now, Who when, is this guy? When you are bored, how do we know? Because I won't be interested. Yes, no, but, but usually there, you I have feel like, like a catchphrase. Yeah. Boring! That's the one. <laughs> well, I, so what I do, you guys will be caught. You'll notice that I haven't chimed in for a while, and, and, uh, and they'll be talking for a while, and uh, Tyler and David, and they'll be talking for a while, and they'll be saying, here's what's so great about Guardians of the Galaxy Part 4, and here's what's so cool about it, and what, and what Joss did is great, and, you know, and, 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 you know, I really thought Robert Downey's performance was like unlike no other performance, and then I won't be saying anything, and then I'll go, boring, sucks, do a real movie. <laughs> and then I'll sniffle because I've got allergies. What was the last, like, real movie, like, current release that I saw that, that I liked? That you saw that you liked. <clears throat> Let's just uh, see here what's in my list, what's in the queue. Now, while he does that, David, how insulted were you as he just did that impression of us? Uh, no, it seemed pretty spot on to me. I was like 100%. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I feel like, Josh, now you don't, you, I feel like you don't like the way you talk movies. I don't like the way what? I feel like you don't like the way David and I talk movies. No, I love the way David and you talk movies. That's why would I, why would I, feel I come like here? you're lying. No, I, I was I was what I what I was doing there was a nice fun caricature and a sort of a, a satire of our appearances, I think. I think Fair I was enough. taking the the I was playing on the character of Josh Fatum who comes on BP. Yeah. You know, it's not really me and and I'm taking the character of Tyler and David on BP, which isn't right. really you and you know, right. there's lots more fleshed out, but if you just want to sum it up in a little thing, it's a you guys are like we care about these movies and I'm like I don't care about them. They suck. I'd like to see a better movie like from the 70s. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when is that? I like it. You know, I might enjoy some of the. I'm looking at what I've seen this year, by the way. I've been very busy. And uh looks like the more the recent movies I saw, I've missed a lot. I haven't gone in the theater. I saw Going Clear in the theater. Oh, I you saw, saw it in the theater. Yeah. Oh, wow. I saw it at the Arclight. And it looks like I saw. Well, I saw Singles and Reality Bites at the New Beverly, but those aren't new. Those are 90s. And I saw uh, I saw an indie movie called Wild Canaries. Oh, yeah. Family. I saw... Is that good? 
Yeah, it was cute. It was funny. It was a little uh, mystery. I saw American Sniper. Oof, I saw that. Uh, well, I didn't okay, see, I haven't so seen much like, this year. Um, but, but there you, haven't been because the movies are dead. Yeah, that's why. Uh, okay, I, 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 uh, I don't entirely disagree. I, I do, I do disagree. I do. I don't want them to be dead. I but, disagree with you, but I. But I'm don't, saying these but movies I, kill movies. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, it'd be nice if it weren't just star wars because I, I don't actually think like, although i'm looking forward to mad max but we'll get to that anyway i don't actually think they're killing movies but i think they are killing movies as we know them which is i don't know if that's splitting hairs but uh i'm unlike you i'm much more okay with things like vod and and different sort of release platforms because i think it m- makes uh, there's a trade-off yeah that you lose maybe some of the theatrical experience but it makes more smaller movies more easily available to more people. Mm. Yeah, and more likely to be made, I think. Um, but or do, do you not you know. think that if, if a studio were to make a smaller movie and uh, put a marketing push behind it like they might, you know, they, they have, the marketing people are clever. They can find a, a clever way to, to, fu- to funnel a bunch of money into a marketing campaign for, like, a neat drama or a neat... Oh, I mean, a little I was, movie or a k- kooky dark comedy or something like. Oh, that. on well, my on my other podcast, we just uh, it, the episode hasn't gone up yet. We, but we talked about Nightcrawler, and that was number one at the box office that weekend. And yeah, that, that was low budget, and even though it's Jake Gyllenhaal, who's who's a name, yeah, like it doesn't see, it didn't seem like a movie that was going to do well. Wait, who yeah. put but that it, out though? Uh, I don't recall. Who actually. pointed it out? No, who 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 distributed? Who produced? I don't actually remember if I if I could Nightcrawler. If I could go uh, grab my Blu-ray over there, I would. Rene Russo put it out. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, okay, what is it, David? Open Road. Open Road, yeah. Uh, I don't Is that know. indie or is that a studio? Who is Open Road? The, uh, they're, yeah, I guess they're indie distributors, but they yeah. do like the sort of the big name indies. Like, yeah. um, I don't know if they did Dallas Buyers Club or if that was. Right. That might have been Roadside Attractions. I get okay. them mixed up. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point that these movies um but even that would have been I, I know like could uh, could a movie even like you know we all, uh, i think our also recurring thing is going back to 99 i was just about to reference like the sixth sense whether yeah. you like it or not could a movie like the sixth sense come out now and become a huge huge hit like that's it was, the thing that i you know? that i go back to is i don't mind superhero movies i don't mind big budget summer blockbusters but what i have come to really realize and I'm certainly not the first one a lot of people have talked about this is the idea that like it has to be if a movie's going to do well financially certainly in the summer it it it's a foregone conclusion that it's a pre-existing property that it's something yeah. that's already associated with you know a comic book or a TV show or something right. like that and so I feel like the sixth sense I don't know if it could happen anymore yeah. but I might or even I, I the might matrix. be wrong. could the matrix which is a wholly original idea I think that one, I mean, I remember, you know, my, that was my senior year of high school and just everybody was like, you've got to see this. That's one where I don't know if it premiered like at number one, but that one had such word of mouth. Two of the huge, I mean, there's a lot of big hits that year, but, but those ones, and those were movies that I saw and liked when I saw them in the theater. And then my friends and I would be like, fuck those movies, they suck, you know, just because we were snotty 19 year (laughs) year olds or whatever. Yeah. But, but now I look back and go, well, it'd be nice to see like an original thing like you know those two movies 
but now that stuff. Or so, you know, could a Sky Captain World of Tomorrow come out today? You know, <laughs> it barely um, came out at the time. I know. I loved so, it. I, I, loved st- it. I feel like that's a movie that never came out. You know, there's the, some trailers where you're like, "When's that coming out?" It's like <laughs> it came out in 2006. Oh, um, but uh, those movies, like, I mean, when you're just describing an original story, that's what Ex Machina is, and that guy right. that gets it gets distribution, which I still. may go see this afternoon. Well, it got distributed. You, you don't have a whole lot of time left on well, that. Yeah, but. what I'm saying is that, that that's a movie that got distribution. Uh, it's just not through a major studio. And well, so and, 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 uh, and then it all the studios is also, also one that uh, is that's on wide. <laughs> I saw that, it follows in the theater, and I liked it. Caught Somehow on. my eyes. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. I don't have. I mean, I, 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 we should move on. Um, move on. Anyway, Age of Doltron is what I hear. Age, yeah. Okay, I liked it. Uh, Pitch Perfect oh. Two. I hated Pitch Perfect, but uh-huh. I'm seeing Pitch Perfect Two. The marketing in a week the, and a half. The so mark. We'll why are you going to see just for because your job? Because um, of this podcast. Yes, which is not something I do professionally. The marketing. I have a job. Yes, but this is you know this is well you get this is my vocation. This is, yeah, there this we go. is uh, <laughs> so. But Pitch Perfect Two, they like to do the marketing by uh, you know letting you know like, hey, we like cuss words. You guys like cuss words too? Well, check out this tagline. What's up, pitches? All right, we're back, pitches. Yeah, we're back, pitches. You know, we can't actually say bitches, but right. you know what we're saying. Right. I believe I believe front of the show, Jimmy Pardo, uh, put out something on Facebook where it's like, hey, everybody, yeah, we got it. Uh, pitch rhymes with bitch. Yeah, <laughs> right. thank you. I, and there was, a, there was the other thing. The first movie, too, was like, prepare to get pitch slapped. So uh, Did you see the first one? No. Nope. Yeah, it's st- stupid. There was another one around the same time. Uh, Seven Psychopaths came out. I didn't like and, that one, either. and that was that has like a, a thing revolving around a dog, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. which is a Shih Tzu, and it's and the tagline is "They won't take any Shih Tzu." <laughs> you guys I like guess, cuss words? I guess they couldn't they like say like too. the Shih Tzu is going to hit the fan because that implies someone's going to throw a dog at a fan, <laughs> yeah. right? But which, no, I mean you're because it's not just that it's about Shih Tzu; it's also about. Like, Dog napping. Yeah. So when they say they won't take, they any, won't take yeah, any Shih Tzu. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah so they won't take just any Shih Tzu. They're not going to yeah. take any Shih Tzu or just any Shih Tzu. Yeah. Also, there's going to be some cuss words in this movie. <laughs> Come on, guys. There were a lot of cuss words in that movie, and it was not very good. Um, what do we got next? What's far, uh, far from the matting crowd that already came out. That's oh, I seen Thomas the John Schlesinger one with Julie Christie and Tom Courtney. I never saw that. Is that good? It's boring, but it's good. <laughs> you know, it's a good, it's, a, it's an artsy movie. It's from the British New Wave of the 60s. Okay. Well, this one is directed by Thomas Vinterberg, who made The Celebration, which well, is great. Well, that's interesting. But he also made The Hunt, which a lot of people like. I like uh, it. But I think it was... You didn't like it? No, I thought Why? it was... Why? It was a, too button pushy, too obvious, too... I thought that it was too oppressive and punishing. Oh, it's like who? The audience. Like, it's uh. like... Uh, yeah, I feel like it's... For a while, there was... It was, uh, uh, I, I don't know, it was in fashion to describe things as being like misery porn or whatever. Yeah. And it's, I feel it's like it's what I didn't like about shame. Uh, yeah, I didn't like shame either, but shame was just preposterous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the hunt is actually trying to be a, a movie for I mean, whatever I, that's worth. I guess if you break <laughs> it down, the, the hunt, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to, maybe I need to know more about like child psychology, but it's hard to do the whole thing where the girls like, Yes, he did do this thing, and then the people are like, "I knew he did it." You know, the right. the, the teacher who's like, "He did it," and they becomes a witch hunter or whatever. And then, I, don't know, I mean, I liked it when I saw it. Um, okay, moving on. The D Train. I don't know anything about it. It's oh, I'll tell you, that's Jack the one. Black Jack Joe, Black. Yeah. I'm interested in that. I feel like someone was telling me the premise of it like a long time ago before it was made. Yeah, it's like he's obsessed with this. Um, 
he's obsessed with this. He's like coordinating a high school reunion, I think, and he's obsessed with uh, uh, this guy who was cool, and the guy moved to L.A. to become an actor, and he sees him in like a herpes commercial, and he's like, he made it! <laughs> and then he goes out to L.A. to track him down to convince him to be in the commercial, and then like... More stuff happen. I don't. Well, should I tell you what I heard happens in it, or should I not tell you? Maybe it's a spoiler. Maybe yeah, you probably shouldn't tell. Okay, yeah, I won't tell. Who, but so, who, who made it? But it's Jack Black and uh, and James, James Marsden. Marsden. Again, both people I like. Uh, Andrew Mogul and Jared Paul are the directors. I don't, I don't um, think I know them. Well, Jared Paul, that name sounds familiar. But, I don't know him. But anyway, I, I, I find it interesting that Jack Black kind of seems to be playing these kind of accidental sociopaths, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that's kind of seemed to be like what, like, the, not like evil, just like kind of, whoops, I'm, you know, I just am a sociopath or something like hey, that. Jack Black? Yeah. Have you, you seen the commercials for his new HBO show, The Brink? No, he's yeah. I guess kind of a another accidental sociopath. Or I mean, he's a dick. How about that show that he's going to star in that we're seeing billboards around LA for called Deadbeat? I haven't seen uh, that. I get you. I get, get my I joke. Get, I get it. You get my joke. Yeah, I watched the first season of that. You watched the whole thing? Yeah, it was. I should explain. Wait, is that the one with Tyler Labine? Yeah, yeah. Where have you been seeing billboards in 2012 when that show came out? Season two's coming out, I think, right? Oh, really? I've been yeah. seeing season two, but oh, no, man. it came out in 2014. I was exaggerating. Yeah, my, but it's like, that's also a thing. My job like, is such that I will just, I, I just always need something on to distract me from my job. And so it's like, awful. it's like, hey, there's uh, 10 episodes of this. I'll throw that on. And uh, it's fine. It's fine. Now, but you know that actor's name? Yeah, yeah. Why? What's he in that you would know his act? His Tucker name? and Dale versus Evil. He's Tucker really good in that. Evil. Oh, gotcha. A, okay. Have you seen that? Nope. That's a really good movie. I'll I think you'd like it. I okay. think you would. I probably really would like it. it. I've heard yeah. it's good. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's? I just think the billboard is like, hey, it's a fat dude with a beard. <laughs> He's not Zach Galifianakis, but we've posed him in this to make him look just enough like him. <laughs> He's not Jack Black this time, but he might be. <laughs> Check out the show. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, it's about ghosts, and the dude talks to him random. Here's one that I want to be excited about. Okay, Tomorrowland, but I don't know that I. Am. You can't get excited about it. I like I love Brad Bird, so I want to be excited about a Brad Bird movie. Brad Bird is enough for me to be but, excited. Uh, yeah, but a movie based on a district of Disneyland it doesn't get my blood pumping. That's it's, what it, uh, it's yeah, I don't. Thing, huh? I don't. I think they've done a very good job with like the advertising campaign to keep me being like, okay, I don't actually know what this is about, but Brad, at, literally at this point, Brad Bird is enough for me to be like, if anyone can make that, if it really is just no real story, it's just tomorrow land. It's like, Hey, you want to write Autopia? He could make it good. And I'm, you know, and it might be a, a total flop, but I, uh, artistically, but, uh, but I'm still interested. My, my friend Nick had a funny observation about George Clooney that like he won some like, fake lifetime achievement award at the golden globes uh, this past year or something like yeah. that. And they show the montage of like his greatest roles. And it's like Michael Clayton, Syriana, the American up in the air. And it's like, who can tell the difference between any of these? Movies? <laughs> yeah. It's like, look at all the diverse roles. George Clooney has played the achievements. Yeah. Now I will say, well, now he's in, I like him in basically all of those movies. I think he's very good. Just not the most, uh, it's like, most versatile. Why are you giving him this achievement award? Right. I like him in From Dust Till Dawn. Anyway, actually is not that great of an actor at that point, but I just like the movie. But now I feel like with Tomorrowland, I feel like tell me if tell me if you agree with this, Tyler. I feel like if Mel Gibson hadn't fucked up so badly 
he'd be doing the kind of roles that George Clooney is doing. Very possible, yes. Um, all right, let's move on to Slow West, which I've heard great things What's about. What's that? I don't know anything about it. It's a Western starring Michael Fassbender and Cody Smith-McPhee, and it's directed by a guy named John McLean, who was in the band The Beta Band, which is oh, a band I like. Who's the famous person in there? I got bored. Uh, Michael Fassbender and oh, Cody Smith-McPhee, which is the kid from The Road. Okay, okay. He's probably good in The Road, huh? I think yeah, he's, so. He's I, I, I Sounds like some otzy-fotzy shit. Is it good? Does it look good? Let me see the picture. Uh, there's just a little picture of Michael Fassbender there. Ooh, that looks like it's got some uh, costumes in it. Yeah, it's a Western. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm hearing, I think it played at Tribeca or something. Yeah, it's getting good. And it's getting really good uh, notices. So I was going to say notice. And then I didn't because <laughs> I was like, it sounded pretentious to me. Uh, it's I, catching I can, a hand of You sold it. <laughs> um, oh, in a, mere, in a matter of days, by the time you're hearing this. Uh-huh. Well, what's going Hot on? Pursuit, starring Reese with the Spoon oh. and Sofia Vergara. Wow. Oh, yeah, what do you guys think about it? I, th- um, I saw a trailer and I was like, maybe I actually kind of wait one to see it. <laughs> Even um, though I see the billboards, I'm like, this is going to be crappy. I, I mean, I want to. I like a, I like a scene. I like a silly buddy comedy, action yeah. comedy, you know, with two people with chemistry, you know. I hope they have chemistry. I, I don't care I, for Reese Witherspoon's output and I don't really watch see, I, I'm the opposite. Is Reese Witherspoon is what makes me want to see this movie because I like her in everything, even in movies that I don't like. I like her. Right. Well, I was going to say, I find her boring, but... <laughs> Uh, I know that she's capable of being really good. Did you see Wild? No. She's That's great in it. That's and, a good one. But was and my the movie not boring? Because it sounded like it would be boring. No, it was very great. good. It's great. And I didn't think I was going to like it that much, but I actually liked it quite a bit. Uh-huh. And I will say that when I first saw... Jen and I were watching TV and a commercial for Hot Pursuit came up, and we were both just looking, mostly horrified at the screen, because, <laughs> yeah, it could be really funny, but like, if this is the stuff they're putting out there is the thing that's supposed to get yeah. me to see it it's yeah. like what stuff did they opt not to show and <laughs> yeah, and it's, my it's fr- really no, i mean not, this is gonna sound like a pun but it's in, very broad <laughs> extremely broad and i remember and my first thought was like you know what maybe reese witherspoon had to do this in order for wild to happen right. you know tommy lee jones did man of the house and then uh, the man what was that the man and then he was in the that's right and but is then he in he the was man like, or is that that's Samuel, getting, that's Samuel, Samuel Jackson, Jackson and Eugene Levy? Yes, Man of the House of the is house him with a bunch Levy. of cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Jones cheerleader. I don't know. I don't know what any of these movies are. What is Man of the House? It's, it's him like protecting comedy. a bunch of cheerleaders. It's like and a house bunny. Him going like this with his arms crossed and the glasses and a and a hat. So it's like the house bunny, except he's the, in so the, the I'm saying role. like Hot Pursuit. You could we could either get Midnight Run or we could get Excess Baggage <laughs> or something. I don't or, think it's or we could be. get Soul Men. Uh, I don't think it's oh, going to be uh, Midnight Run, um, but, but what is? But I, I, I like. We might get an excess baggage. Let's move on to Josh's most anticipated movie this summer: Mad Max Fury Road. I'll see it. That's one I'll see, even though I'm like, fuck all these reboots and remakes and things. But I'll see it because it's the same director. That's same why. Director, that's why I'm interested, and because it looks awesome by the trailer. Whereas these other ones, to me, I see the trailers and I go, don't care. I mean, this trailer is edited. The way that they, they're really just, it's, they got some spunk in there, you know? They're yeah. really, with the music, and they're yeah. just, they're making it so orchestral and just uh, crazy. Yeah. I recognize that the movie can't be as manic as the trailer, but if it's even a fraction of it, I'm excited. Yeah. I like the tagline, what a lovely day. That's yeah. a great tagline for a movie yeah. that looks that violent. Um San Andreas, we talked about that on the uh, WonderCon episode. Wait, uh, wait, I want to say more about Mad oh, Max. sorry, of course. I wonder if 
Well, I was he's, he's not saying it's boring, David. Let's I'm, let's let's hear him. Yeah. Out. <laughs> well, I wonder if if they'll make more Mad Maxes. If there's a way that they'll somehow work Mel Gibson in there as, as like, here, let me flash forward to the future, and then they show old Mad Max, and then they finally goes, I remember that, and then they flash forward to the past. I feel like Mel Gibson is still too crazy to he's too unhirable. Uh, he's, he's probably too toxic. Trouble. Even if he's not crazy, I feel like he his name attached to a movie does more harm than good. Really? No one wants yeah. to see Mel Gibson. So I guess no one saw Machete Kills or the Spendables. Did they? Wasn't he in both of those? Uh, uh, I've never he seen was. Any and then he was in a movie called Get the Gringo, which right. apparently that was, was to which, nothing, right? Yeah. Which yeah. I heard was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, his name I think is, How to is use that? a word that we've been using, uh, as an actor, his name is dead. Like, I don't think it, right. I don't think it means anything. If he makes a movie, I'll probably watch it because I like the way he makes right. movies. Right. I love Apocalypto. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't think. Uh, how do we get on this? Oh, right. I yeah. asked. I said, what about Mel Gibson? Why, I wonder if I get Mel Gibson in there. If it's incredibly successful and they make another one and then another one, you know, maybe then they'll do <laughs> it. Like, I will say this also, though, in talking about like my to further elaborate on my opinions. I'm excited about Mad Max Story Fear Road, but wouldn't it be so neat? To have a whole new non Mad Max George Miller movie, wouldn't it be so neat to just have George Miller like, putting out a new movie that isn't? Well, he did. It was called Happy Feet. He did yeah, Happy Feet. That was like a cartoon and a couple of years ago, right? Right. But I'm saying wouldn't that it be was, neat a, to that have was a, a new George, but a Miller, George movie. Miller movie about a thing or something like a story he just directed in his George Miller style, and it's not. Hey, we'll make you if you well, you can do a movie if you do the old thing or. You but I think, I, but I, I'm, I think you, yeah. could, I, I'm sure he can probably inject. I, obviously, yes, because I think Babe Pig in the City is absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, but uh, that's a sequel. That's it like, is. It is a sequel. Um, yeah, but even it's not the 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 world didn't seem as dark and dreary as it does today for me until you watch Babe Pig in the City, <laughs> and then <laughs> right, you realize right, like this is deeply yeah. depressing. Um, but I'm sure yeah, he can inject uh, it with some life. If anybody can make it feel original, already it feels original. That's why I'm excited about. I'm it. just saying. I wish there were so, like. He made Mad Max, and then he made, you know, like, why does he make another thing that is not Mad Max, but, like, here, why don't he make a sci-fi movie? Why does he make a something else? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, are you blaming George Miller, or are you blaming, I I'm think, just more saying, right, blaming just, studios who aren't going to give him the money to yeah, make. Yeah, I wish there'd be a, uh, a whole new vision by George. You know, think about his, which was also a remake, uh, Terror at 10,000 Feet, or with the Twilight Zone short, with, with, uh, oh, right. with, uh, Lithgow, you know, yeah, yeah, mm. I love that. That's that's directed with so much energy, and you know, it's so funny and and flamboyant, and the way, the way the camera moves around. And the, Do you remember the when um, William Shatner was on Third Rock from the Sun, and they like had a little inside joke about how they were both in? No, but I like that because they were both in that same story in right. di- different times. No, um, and you know, and that's the thing is they probably he's... had an inside joke about Shatner in the sci-fi because they're aliens and stuff too, huh? Probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. (laughs) And I feel like anytime we talk about, like, the summer movie preview, the tone will always get a little bit cynical, and which is fine, because you kind of have to, because it's all studio calculation. But, like, my feeling is, if if the new Mad Max is good, awesome. If it does well, awesome. And if this is what we have to, for lack of a better term, put up with, so that... George Miller is maybe allowed by a studio to do something on his own, then I'm okay with that. Right. I mean, if it gets George Miller making more movies, but I'm just saying, 
I'm, I'm just saying it'd be nice if George Miller could keep cranking out. You know, if we had more George Miller movies. Oh, sure. That weren't just uh, the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely it's like when you with think you. about someone who's as good a director as George Miller, and you think, how many movies did he make? Well, he made Bay Pig and City, made Happy Feet, Lorenzo's Oil, Mad Max. Like if you don't, if you take all the all the the Mad Max and say that's just one movie, that's just one thing. Sure, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like he doesn't have that many movies, really. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know. So I so it would be cool to like he's such a distinct voice. It would be cool to have more movies from that distinct voice. What else has he got to say besides Mad Max? I know he's got more to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he could go the route that like the um, like the Wachowskis did when they made Cloud Atlas, which is like piece together, you know, foreign funding. Because Cloud Atlas is essentially an independent film that right. happened to cost tens of millions of dollars because uh, they were able to get funding from different from yeah from a, from a bunch of different people. Right. Uh, maybe George Miller could do that. That's, Oliver Stone did that with Alexander, right? That was like distributed so, yeah, by yeah. a studio, but Alexander was essentially an independent film. Uh, well, to just further even go on the line that I was saying is that think about uh, to to piss on Star Wars because I think this I don't think it looks that good to me. I'm not. I don't think it's going to be good. Uh, and to piss on J.J. Abrams, that guy hasn't made an actual original movie. Super 8 is a Spielberg homage. Yeah. You know, it's an attempt to recapture the, the magic of original Spielberg. Mission Impossible is a, is a franchise. Star Trek is a franchise. What has he made besides taking care of business and gone fishing, which he wrote? <laughs> uh, well, and he Felicity. Made, um, yeah, and Alias. And Alias. Um, but movie-wise, what is he... Well, I, I, who is I, that guy? You know, he's just. Here's, I think here's he's what happens when you're chaser. Here's what happens when you're on the show, Josh. Is that you voice opinions that would normally be mine, and so oh. I end up get, put, getting pushed a little devil's bit. Devil's advocate, like, in a devil's advocate role. I push you far. I I, put, I, I go way far left. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're the um, Bernie Sanders of, yeah. uh, of this show. <laughs> yeah, I got to bring Hillary back over. <laughs> so, um, but because I I, I, I will, I will take issue with your description of Super Eight because I don't think there's anything wrong with paying homage to your favorite directors and telling it is super it's an original story yeah but it's produced by spielberg i mean it's like it's it's not really it's not really like like what is jj's voice you're blurring the lines is what i'm saying like i feel like you're not being definitive about what kind of movies you really want because it sounds like super eight would be the kind of movie you would want because it's an original story from steven spielberg I would want that from Steven Spielberg. I wouldn't want it from someone saying, hey, I'm going to make Steven Spielberg. What's J.J. Abrams got to say? Why this guy? Why are, why are we entrusting Star Wars to this guy who, because he did a good Spielberg impression? You know? Right. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if that's. Or right. and I don't. You know, I don't think it's even good at Spielberg impression. But because he does, I like Super Eight. Because he does a thing that's like, look, I made a thing like this. So let me make, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, J.J. Abrams has made movies that have made a lot of money. And yeah. so I think well, that's why aside, he, I mean, that's, <laughs> I know that's the, the big answer. I know that's the yeah. reason. But I'm saying, like. And he does, and he does uh, do a pretty good job of, I think, injecting life and vitality into something that I feel like we're done, uh, that we would previously be done with. Like, I don't think anybody would give a shit about Mission Impossible if Mission Impossible 3 hadn't been so good. People wouldn't give a shit about Star Trek, and and I think he'll probably do a pretty good job with with Star Wars. I don't necessarily think I he's the best. Like like, Star, Star Trek one, but but it's kind of you know it's like a TV. It's like a you know well, know. and it and it also feels very much like like uh, like an audition piece for Star Wars. Like when it feels uh-huh. a lot more like Star Wars than Star Trek. Uh-huh. But um, 
But yeah, and I'm okay with it, but at the same time, this is something that I've been thinking about more and more, is just as we get further from the 80s and 90s, we are now getting into filmmakers who are now established and who are heavily influenced by the 80s and 90s, and now they're making movies influenced by that. Like in the 90s, you had people like Tarantino and and others that were inspired by movies from like the 60s and 70s, and they made sort of throwbacks to that. And now that we're a few decades away, now you get stuff like The Guest and It Follows and right. Drive. and right. Cold in July, that was a good one. Did I didn't guess? actually see that. Oh, man. You, that was one I saw this year from last year. That I, Did you see it? No, I, I've heard good things. So, And that's like an 80s homage as well? No, but it's a good double feature with The Guest. Like okay. I watched them back to back and I was like, these two go really well together. But, yeah. but it's... it's it's uh, it's cool. I think you'll like it. Yeah. You know, have you, you heard of it? I've heard of it, Michael but I know C. nothing Hall, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Shepard, Don Johnson, they're all great in it. Michael um, C. Hall is a really good actor. But I guess what I'm saying is you're okay with the homaginess of the guest, but not with Super 8. I'm not, I'm not really sure where the line exists for you. Um, I suppose, I don't know. I guess the, the guest feels more like an original movie to me. Okay. You know? Um if you look at Adam Wingard's stuff and Simon Barrett's stuff, like mm-hmm. they've they've got a voice, you know. They're writing original yep. things, you know. Like it's not just it's not just you know ripoffs or whatever. It's not just franchise stuff. But then again, I mean, maybe who's to say what they would be do with a Star Wars movie or something? Like Let that. me ask I you this: Is it is it perhaps is it a preference for what they're paying homage to on your part? Do you prefer no? Because I to- love. Spielberg stuff and Star Wars stuff, you know, but I guess I just feel like J.J. Abrams is safe mediocrity, you know, uh, I think I just think he's like a a salesman, you know, he's a he's a um, he's just a a sneaky overachiever or something. I will say that he's never I don't think he's ever a filmmaker I would go to in order to be challenged. He's somebody that I think. He's, a, uh, he's, safe, like a safe is, he's a lucrative. He's not an artist to me. Yeah, I think he's. I like, think he's efficient. I think he makes movies that numbers. are that are effective, and he makes movies that I think are a lot of fun. But he doesn't, for me, feel and and so I will go and watch his movies and enjoy them. Um, but I don't think I would ever cite him as well, like one of the best filmmakers. Yeah, I think I'll compare know? him favorably and unfavorably to Joss Whedon. Okay, because I think Joss Whedon was the right guy to do the Avengers because he's a guy who gets he's able to distill the heart of what that is Mm -hmm. but he's also more than just that he's also interested in uh exploring the psychology of the characters and developing characters and having a real story with real stakes whereas jj abrams i think just has that first part he's really good and really really talented at getting to the center of what a property or a franchise is supposed to be and that's why i think i mean mission impossible 3 is a blast i've seen it a a million times um i've probably seen it six times um, but uh I, I can watch mission impossible three any day of the week it's it's like it's exactly what a mission impossible movie should be but i also don't know that i uh, have a deeper uh, understanding of who ethan hunt is uh at the end of the movie it just feels like it's sort of it, it, he's a cool he's a cool superhero we got right but he's, uh, he's mean, just I, like hitting all the he's hitting all the right notes when he makes his movies uh and i can't speak i haven't seen any of the Star Trek movies he's made, or I think you'd probably uh, find them a lot of fun because it's hard not to find them fun. When I when I say what I'll say that I've said about J.J. Abrams, it's like when you watch his movies, you can just smell the screenplay beats. You know, that's so each true. character has a monologue. 
You know, where they talk about their mother always fought tooth and nail to da-da-da-da-da. And then they turn toward the camera, and you see one single tear stream down their face. That's in every J.J. Abrams movie. Is it a character streams one single tear down their face, you know? Well, um, I guarantee you we're going to see yeah. that shit in Star Wars. So we've talked about Star Wars, which does not come out during the summer. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm glad we got to it. Yeah. Um, speaking of original ideas, San Andreas. What is this movie? <laughs> it's the movie that you're going to assume Roland Emmerich made, but it's made by a guy named Brad Payton. It's oh. about a record-setting earthquake happening in downtown Los Angeles, and The Rock and Carla uh, Gugino? Gugino have to saved their daughter, played by Alexander Daddario. Huh. Well, one, good for Carlo Gugino for getting a big role in a movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Two, yeah, sure, I'll see it. I mean, it sounds like a piece of shit. I'll it's, see it. You know what? We saw footage of it. No, at least it's a part one. Yeah, we saw stuff at, at, at WonderCon that was... Looked bad? Uh, from a, just a, uh, and I know you and I are on the same page on this, from a CGI standpoint... It looks bad. It looked so cartoony Fuck that to me. Then. I don't want to see this horse shit. Hope it... Dies at the box I think office. The Rock is like the actor version of Brad Bird for me. I love him <laughs> so much. He has so much charisma that I. It's not like I see every movie he's in, but if he's in something that 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 makes me, I'm going to say 35 percent more interested in. He it. boy, that guy works. He does a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. So now, uh, did you ever see it called Faster? <laughs> he did, yeah, I, yeah, and it I came out around the same time. One of the Furious, one of the Fast and uh, Furious movies. And he's in both. I, I did. like you're not allowed to do that. You can't be in both. <laughs> I didn't you can't see be in faster. faster that has nothing to do with the Fast and Furious movies. But Tyler and I were talking off mic again while we were waiting for Josh to finally show up. Um, the uh, the official Faster Twitter account follows me on Twitter. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Tom, I, I think I tweeted something about Ghost Protocol, like when it was first uh, before it had come out, you uh-huh. know, which I didn't actually see Ghost Protocol, but. Tom Cruise's Twitter account followed me. Oh, oh nice. yeah. So he's probably reading my tweets. I, mean, I assume so. Um, but uh, did you guys see Furious Seven? No. no, I didn't either. I kind of want to see it because I saw the last one. That's the only one of them that I've seen. I've heard five, six, and seven are all really good. I haven't seen any of them. And uh, you know what they are? I'll tell you what they are. They're very digestible, easy. Like again, they're not movies, but they're. It's like I go there. Oh, he's a good guy. Oh, 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 he's a bad guy. Oh, I like that good guy. Oh, the bad guy gonna hurt the good guy. Oh, good, good, good guy's winning. Oh, good. Oh, that car's going fast now. Oh, that good guy. He's he's driving a fast car. Oh, bad guy's driving a fast car. Oh, oh, bad guy's gonna win. Oh yeah, good guy win. You know what I'm I saying? Feel like you know who? You I feel know like who that's the is. inner monologue of a dog. That's, <laughs> that's what they. Like that's what dog. they think you are. That's what these filmmakers think you yeah. are. You know? Yeah. So um, that's fun, but I don't want only that. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Tom Sharpling on the best show uh, wondered if uh, Fa- if Furious Seven was maybe a little too high a number for their target audience to process. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, uh, welcome to me. I saw that one already. It's not very good. Um, oh yeah, tell me about it. Why was it bad? Uh, I, well, we can't do this with all the. Well, movies. let's just hear how this one's bad. Uh, it's about, it's about a mentally ill character and I kind of felt like it wasn't very interested in mental illness. It was just sort of a vague, not necessarily cute, but almost like it was just like a crutch to get her to where she had to, she had, she has to alienate her friends and family so that she can reunite at the end. Uh And so they just like, well, let's make her vaguely mentally ill. Right. Um, and I found that kind of, okay. uh, So that was it. That's what I wanted to know. All right. Um, so I won't watch welcome to me. 
Uh, I am Big Bird, the Carol Spiny Spinny story. It's about that, Big Bird. It's about the guy who has played Big Bird. Who for stars decades. in the movie? It's a it's a documentary. Oh, movie. okay. Well, it's good, it would so, be a good movie, but I also see the documentary. Maybe uh, does he but, do the voice of Big Bird too? I assume he does. And I think I, so. That's you that. know, if you think about it, how do they do Big Bird? I've always, ever since I was a kid, I'm like. I've, just occurred to me, uh, Big yeah. Bird has always been like my like. You just always think, well, Big Bird's alive. Just never occurred to me that someone's puppeteering Big Bird. That mouth, right? How do they yeah. open that mouth? How's that mouth open closed? Well, there's a picture of him with his hand in Big Bird's oh, it's head. All there, hand. See, I shouldn't have known. All right. <laughs> no, I wish I didn't know. Okay, uh, something called Five Flights Up. I don't know what that Who's is. That? Who is it? I don't know anything about it. Um, Matt Maggie is a horror <laughs> film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Not on the good stuff here. Yeah. Oh, Maggie, what do you think of this Arnold zombie movie? It looks like an Arnold drama. Have you seen the pictures for it? Yeah, I haven't seen trailers. It looks like I'm a drama, and I, it's Arnold and his daughter, I think, turns into a zombie, and I think he plays it serious. Arnold, is, he needs a hit, boy. He's falling down the cracks. He's got the leathery facelift face. No one wants to see him. I have, I have heard that he actually has gotten worse as an actor as he's gotten older. Uh-huh. And uh, so just, him him doing drama, I feel like, is well, not going to help. Well, he's going to try to do. Maybe he's, try, he's yeah. trying to stretch. But, but he... I think there was a period right before he quit where he was like, he's, he's turning, he's trying to be a good actor. He's capable. Yeah, he know. was an end of days. I remember he wasn't terrible. Oh, in he that. was trying to act in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was playing like alcoholic copper. Exactly. I feel. Oh, and then wasn't the Kevin Pollock was the Tom Arnold of <laughs> End of I, Days, right? I think so. Kevin Pollock was his like comedic. His, his uh, silly, I need a funny, pick. funny guy. I need yeah. a funny little guy. I didn't <laughs> like End of Days. I forgot about that. Peter um, Hyams. Oh yeah, I, I don't like any of that guy's movies. I don't think busting is did, maybe his only good one. I didn't see that. That's in the seventies with Elliot Gould okay. and Robert Blake. But he did in L.A. Time Cop, right? Yeah, Time Cop's a guilty pleasure piece of shit. I, I can watch <laughs> Time Cop with Ron Silver and Ron Silver's good. You know, I, but I like how I like when I um, like Van Damme too. You know, but but Time Cop sucks. It's but I like I when I got, if I watch it when that guy gets like, his arm frozen and then he kicks his arm and it shatters you were that i don't but i gotta see it again now that makes me really <laughs> want to watch it time cop is actually one of those movies that like someone tells me about it, like oh, i gotta watch time cop <laughs> like um, i remember it being cool and, and also those special effects that was early cg you know so you were still kind of like ooh, how'd they do that <laughs> uh or i had a friend who always complained about time cop when he like comes back in the present is different and he's trying to convince his cop friend time cop friends and they're all like ah you're crazy it's like you're all time cops yeah, you like, know this is think, v- think right. not merely possible but, this, but probable but this yeah. time cop change caused the time cops to not know right probably right. is what happened but uh, they're still time cops right okay uh, well they just they did that what happened is that that they changed time so much that they the original time cop boss uh, the founder of Time Cops didn't brief Time Cops that, that they might forget. <laughs> so that's how. All right. Um, and also, he does the splits on the washing machine. He sure yep. does. Uh, all right. Uh, Saint Laurent, where uh, Gaspard Ulio plays Yves Saint Laurent. I don't know much about it. All right. Uh, the Connection is a movie I'm in, uh, very excited about, actually. <laughs> That's it. That's that 90s song. <laughs> yeah, Elastica. Uh, Elastica. Um, no, this is a French film starring Jean Dujardin. Dujardin. That is about the actual Le French artist. connection. Oh, the real the, the real, like, drug trade that that inspired the movie The French Connection. Oh. Nice. But this is the French side of it. This takes oh. place in France. I'm seeing it uh, next week, so I'm excited Fernando about Fernando Ray. I um, wanted an actor, and I said, this is not the actor I wanted. You heard um, that story by William Friedkin? No. Oh, no. he tells a story. He Fernando Ray's the guy who plays the bad guy in the movie. Yeah. He wanted a different actor, the guy from, uh, what's the, Belle du Jour? I forget his name. 
and uh, the casting director made a mistake and hired Fernando Ray. Uh-huh. And then he shows up expecting, and you know, he's Fernando Ray speaks Italian, uh-huh. and uh, and he and he was like, I was excited to do the part, and he's like, uh. One sec, and he calls his casting director. What the fuck? You guys sent me the wrong actor from Europe, and so he had he wound up using him, you know, and he was great. But yeah. interestingly, he wound up using the actor whose name I'm forgetting from Belle de Jour and put him in Sorcerer. Ah, anyway, all right, nice uh, piece of trivia. Here's a guy I want to bring up to you, given our um, our discussion about uh, directors making original films. Uh huh. Here's a guy who only makes original films, but each one seems to get a worse, bad, good. no, just less and less attention and release. Uh-huh. Um, it's a film called good kill directed by Andrew Nicole or nickel. Mm. Oh yeah. Well he had so much promise in the nineties and he was like the hot, you know, it was like, Ooh, Gattaca. And then the Gattaca guy and he made something else. And then he made, well, he wrote, he wrote Truman show, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's it. Gattaca and Truman show. And it's like, Ooh, what a, what a voice. And he, yeah. I think he had something that was going to come out in 99 and it didn't come out. And, and then, then there was Simone. Yeah. Simone, and then everyone was like... Lord of War. That's right. Simone was Lord the one that War. looked like it was going to be like, ooh, Simone. I remember reading about it like, this is going to be the best movie there is, and Al Pacino's in it, and then it was just like... I thought it was fine. It didn't... No one, me, I mean, I, when have you ever had a conversation about Simone? That's true. You know, when um, he's like, you know what was cool was Simone. <laughs> and, uh, and then Lord of War, and I well, didn't see that. Uh, yeah. Um, the only conversation I had about Simone was when I worked at the video store, and people would say, what is S1 Moan? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, Lord of War, and then in, S1 in Mon time, that was S1 Mon three. I'm sure I told you the story on the show about layer cake, right? When I worked at Blockbuster, <laughs> and cake it was Lafoyer cake. <laughs> yeah. That's people be like, "What's Lafoyer cake?" And and well, and it puts you in the position to be like, ah, "I don't want to correct them because I don't want to make them feel stupid." And so I just said like. Uh, it's layer cake and what it's and I just kind of breeze right over it. Uh, oh, uh, you, you, or you act like you heard them say layer cake. Oh, layer cake is uh, layer cake. Oh, that layer cake is a grind movie. Because yeah, definitely check out layer cake. Because yeah, everybody's been in that position where like you just mispronounce something and you're like, oh, please don't make me feel dumb. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, well, well I mean, one thing we're, we're gonna get to layer cake. <laughs> so good kill. Looks we'll good get to a fan four stick later. Right. Oh yes. Uh, oh, did you read this damning article about Josh Trank? Boy, they smeared him in the Hollywood Reporter. I just today. heard that he left his Star Wars. Oh, but there's project. a whole article in Hollywood Reporter that's like he's hard to work with. The producers of Fantastic Four say he's hard to work with. He's isolated. He, don't they always they, say that? Anytime? But there's a whole article. I'm like, God, they're really trying to kill his career. It's like, but he's talented, but boy, he's difficult. And I don't know. I, I feel like whenever I hear that kind of stuff coming from like he didn't get along with the studio or the producers or the executives, I, I like that guy more. They're you know? really, yeah, cl- clearly someone, if you read this article, is, is throwing the guy under the bus and trying to, like, smear him. But then they also balance it with, like, but you couldn't make Chronicle without, you know, be, having talent, you know. And, and Yeah. So anyway, but they're smearing him in Hollywood Reporter. It's all well, very, it's all he, very hirsty. Like, it seems yeah. like something yeah. from the 40s. I hope yeah. he lands on his feet. Um, okay, let's see. I'll see you Poor in my guy. dreams. Sure uh, I think he's going to make it. A Loft is a movie that I saw that is... Crazy nuts! Who's in it? Crazy nuts! Not good. Uh, Jennifer Connelly from that Hulk movie. Oh yeah, is in it as is uh, Killian Murphy. Uh huh. Um, we haven't seen either of them in, in much lately. I feel like Killian Murphy had a was in obviously Dark Knight Rises for two scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he popped in there. And uh, Melanie Melanie Laurent is in it as Laurent. well. 
Oh, Killian um, Murphy's in that uh, show that I couldn't find myself. I, I tried, but I couldn't get interested in uh, Peaky Blinders on uh, Netflix. Oh, I haven't watched it. I tried watching it. I was like, okay, yeah, it's just another like vintage. It's, it's, it's too Boardwalk Empire, name. but they're all British now. And too stupid a name. You just couldn't get past the That's stupid true. name. That's true. There is that. Um, yeah, Aloft is a... Uh, I, I'll have a review up on the website. It's, it's, a, it's weird, not good. Um, speaking of... Well, uh, I don't know. It could, it? Maybe it could be great. What great. It? it probably isn't. The Poltergeist remake. Oh yeah. <sighs> why? Why well, bother? I, I yeah, I, I love Poltergeist. I um, think why why can't why can't you just okay okay this in in defense of the idea I know it's pissing on Super Eight but it, in defense uh, at least it wasn't like a remake of Close Encounters you know right like but but that it's uh, that I guess my thing is like. That it's all about, and it's all for you, Stephen, because I love you, Stephen. But like, anyway, <laughs> J.J. Abrams talks. What's that? I, I love. You, I Stephen. love you, Stephen. It's it's all it's all this you know hero worship, and of course Steven Spielberg's like, yeah, you're not as good as me, so of course you can make it. No one's gonna <laughs> say you're better than me. But uh, you know, why not just make a movie called you know scary ghost or whatever, right. something other than just don't make it Poltergeist and have it be like Poltergeist, you know. Yeah, yeah I'm but I think you mean you know why because I know why. There's but, t- but, tickets are already sold but, just but on the basis of the thinking, name Poltergeist. But not thinking, you know, I like to live in this world where I don't think about money, you know, and not thinking about money because I don't watch as a kid. You don't watch movies thinking that this is all all these things are made having to do with money, and they right. probably weren't back then. The movies that I was watching as a kid, at least the movies that I liked, they were made because like this would be a good movie. People might like this movie. You know, as opposed to like, like this what? a big problem. I mean, I think they were always trying to make money. I know, Absolutely. but just like any, well, I said just seventies movies. They would say this, you know, this movie. Here's a good artist. Here's a good filmmaker. But wasn't didn't that come from like uh, being sort of late to recognizing the generation gap, and then sort of like saying, well, the stuff we made for half a century isn't playing with the kids anymore so let's give money to these weird long-haired kids right and that's why they ended up with these movies in the 70s but it was still about trying to appeal to a young audience and make money like maybe it it, in the studios weren't owned by corporations you know so they were run by they were run by tastemakers gonna sneeze (laughs) (laughs) okay that's a good place to move on to aloha Aloha. Okay, so that's the Crow. Cameron Crow. Hello. Um, I don't. That's what it means. Yeah. I d- well, and and you stuff. know what? You know what I say? Goodbye. <laughs> you said because it also means that. Hello. Yeah. Uh, I. I. It's got a good cast. I'm sure it'll be fine. I don't and much I, care and for I, Bradley Cooper being in everything, but you know what can you do at this point? He's going to be in everything. If he's um, good in everything, I'm fine with it. I thought he was great in American Sniper. Yeah, I was good in American Sniper, and he really disappeared in that role. But. Uh, I think it was the best part of American Hustle. I didn't see it, actually. I, th- I think you would like it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, ever, I kept hearing, I kept, you know what, sometimes when, like, there was, there's enough people saying bad things about it, they just get beat down. You're like, oh, I was going to see it, but it's, everyone kept saying, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I don't know why. I like, I like Big Broad. It looks like sketch comedy, though, you know, like, everyone's kind of like, hey, I'm acting here, all right, well, you know, here's how we act. You know, we're going to act and do business. I'm doing business, the acting. Let me uh, light my match. And blow out the match. Let me uh, I'm gonna take a bite of my big sandwich and flip out a coin. You know, hey, toss me that coin. Toss me the keys. Let me just slap the sandwich. Take a bite. I'm doing acting business. 
Like it looked like a lot of that. That was a lot of fun. In a it's way, also a pretty good uh, it's, summation of the performances in American Hustle, but they're yeah. good. Right. I, I, I don't know sure, that the movie I'm sure is that they're great fun to overall. watch, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's a great movie overall, but I think the performances are good, especially Bradley Cooper and, and Jennifer Lawrence. But um, we're talking about Aloha, which I don't know anything about. Yeah, What's I don't know. Maybe a guy finds himself. Guy's lost. The Cam- a Cameron Crowe. That stands to reason. I could see a Cameron Crowe. A Cameron Crowe guy is a little. So he's a, he plays a defense contractor who falls for an Air Force pilot played by Emma Stone. What people fall for Emma Stone in every movie. Did you see the, the trailer for Irrational Man? No, and no, not the, yet. The uh, new uh, Woody, Joaquin Phoenix starring movie? No. I'm interested. It looks really dark, but also. Uh, the kind of the trailer, the way it's cut, just keeps repeating itself. Like it's like Walking Phoenix, and he's like, a, I will say, he's a college professor, and he seems to start hanging out with the movie. Doesn't say whether he's dating or not, but he's like, come on, Woody, do you have to make a movie where a college professor's dating a college student? Uh-huh. So he's hanging out with Emma Stone a lot, but he's also got a wife played by Parker Posey, and she's you know Parker Posey is she in it? And uh, but then they keep there's like a voiceover. Cause something seems off about him. Something seems off about me. I don't know. Something's off about me. I'm not feeling great. I'm not feeling great. And it's a cool, compelling trailer. And then it cuts to a shot of Joaquin Phoenix with like a gun in his hand, and he like points it to his head, and everyone's like, ooh, and uh, I, I'm interested. But I'm also kind of like, is this going to be some sort of? Um, I wonder. This is the movie that he made after there uh, was all the big molestation stuff. Yeah. Uh, accusations last year, right? So I do I like. Wonder if it's like his, if he's going to go deconstructing Harry with a movie. You know what I'm saying? I like that his films are getting notably more hard edged. I think not like that. Not that Jasmine was pretty. I dark. thought that's yeah. That and like Match Point, and then I mean he also does stuff like Scoop. But at the same time, like that sounds pretty pretty this intense. Seems a, I would say Blue Jasmine was a ma- cut a maturity level above all those movies that he made. Match Point until Vicky Christie. You know how he was mm-hmm. kind of making these dark. Like I thought Match Point was like, I didn't like Match Point. Yeah, me either. And it's a little too clean. There was not much pizzazz or character to it. Uh, Cassandra's Dream I thought was interesting because it was just not fun. It was just a straight thriller, you know? Yeah. Um, and people didn't like that. But um, And I didn't see Vicky Christina. But, but it seems like Blue Jasmine is like, oh, this is like a dark comedy. I've heard good things about uh, Vicky, Vicky Christina Barcelona, and then I yeah. think I, I think I admire that he did Match Point more than I actually like the movie because uh-huh. um, he's very much, very much like ventured out of his uh, comfort zone. Like yeah. you said, it's very clean. That is one of the first things I think of when I think of the movie is that it's very clean. There's not a lot. There's no shaggy dog quality to yeah. it at all. You wouldn't know that it's Woody Allen except for the themes. Experience. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. except and that it's just that it's just crimes and misdemeanors again. Yeah, yeah. It's crimes and misdemeanors with prettier people and not yeah. funny and not funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to a movie that I was never going to see, and then the more I learn about it, the more I'm not going to see it. Oh, Jurassic okay. World. Boring. Yeah. yeah so here's, here's the deal. I'm going to see it. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be absolute shit. The more <laughs> stuff I find out about it, the more batshit crazy it sounds. What, what's this sound batshit crazy about? That, that they're like Chris cre- Pratt like is like the he's like the Velociraptor whisperer. Yeah. He's like uh huh. The, the the Velociraptors are like on his side because they like he bands with the Velociraptors to fight off the new genetically engineered dinosaur yeah. that they created. So, oh, so that's like the story dinosaur. of the movie. Yeah. So oh, why, why, and then why, just, and then just the now, tell me why that's good or dinosaur. tell me why that's bad. Uh, Jurassic Park, the original, I haven't seen it in a long time. I know you, uh, it's fallen a little bit in your estimation, right? Jurassic, uh, yes. Yes. But it still is still iconic, but it's about 
it, it, it does to a certain extent take seriously the idea that we've let this, we did this thing. We didn't, you know, uh, what was it? They spent too much time thinking if they could, they didn't start to wonder if they should. Yeah. And it takes this threat realistically, you know, right. Whereas the idea that Chris Pratt can now commune with the velociraptors is, uh, I, I feel like it's, it's a, it's a series that's not even taking its own, uh, history seriously. And I'm okay. Oddly enough, I'm okay with that now because it, it makes a lot of sense, but just the idea of like, okay, well, these things are constantly changing and they would, and what would it look like for a hyper intelligent dinosaur to interact with things that are smarter than it? And like, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's going to explore. I think it's not going to explore that at all. I'm just okay with it. But it sounds like, again, I don't think it's like, going to be good. It, it sounds like the premise of if there was like a Saturday morning cartoon series based on Jurassic Park, this would be the premise. Let's do it. Another <laughs> uh, uh, interesting thing to think about Michael Crichton's original themes is that the, he's actually kind of like strangely anti-science, even though he's like a doctor and he writes mm-hmm. all these science fiction. They're all like, science is bad. Right. You know, don't do this stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wonder if they take that into if they put that in there. Doubtful. I don't, I don't think they know who who Michael Crichton is. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then then just a couple days ago, I saw an interview with the director, Colin said, Trevorrow. That's him who made Safety Not Guaranteed, which I liked. I didn't see. Um, but he was talking about how that he kind of approached it, and this is something that they do a lot now. He kind of approached it as though two and three didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I heard that too, and I was like, "Man, fuck all this shit." Yeah. Not that those are. I actually like Lost World. I think it's a lot of fun. Pete uh, Postlethwaite's awesome, of course. Yeah, Pete Postlethwaite. You got Pete Postlethwaite. You got Jeff Goldblum wisecracking. You got a yeah. you got a dinosaur running around San Diego. Like it's great. I actually think Lost World is is. Uh, I have more fun watching it than Jurassic Park. But uh, although, why do you have to kill the dog, Stephen? There's a part where he, the, a dinosaur eats a dog. Yeah. But uh. Because Stephen Spielberg, he likes to kill a dog. Yeah, I was um, just thinking of, of uh, earlier the dog Pippet from Jaws. I was thinking of uh, earlier kills, today. Kill a he dog, kills right? Him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, what were we talking about? Something about something about oh, just the world. idea of acting like two oh, yeah, and three he didn't says, happen. He says, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna ignore those. We're gonna pay. And then he says. <laughs> and, and then, if then you, listeners, if you can see Tyler's hand gesture, we're all paying very close attention now. Then he says, "It's like two and three didn't happen." And then he says that uh, the T-Rex from the first Jurassic Park is, like, in this one. Hang on. We're not there yet. And he says, this is, like, her Unforgiven. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means, but you know what? You have my attention, and I'm going to go see this movie to see what your version of a T-Rex's Unforgiven is. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be total shit, and I can't wait. So, she's like, she's, like, decided not to kill anymore, but, like, has to get drawn back into this fight? Maybe, yeah. Like... Oh, people, yeah. Like, people walk around her, the and she doesn't have the, the energy. Legend, the legendary T-Rex that everyone thinks about from Jurassic Park. Yeah. She's, like, retired, just, like, yeah. just that, leave that guy, me. I like, feel like that guy got that job because he was, whoever he is, I didn't see safety guaranteed, but whoever the hell he is. No, it's not. It's not guaranteed. Job. He, got, <laughs> he probably got that job because he's a stooge that the studio could whip and burn and turn around and just totally just. Bend him over, you know. And yeah, and this seems to be like a thing he's that like, had, you like, got it. Okay, I'll you, make the movie. You make one like popular mainstream indie, and then you get to be a 
franchise director like Mark yeah, Webb Mark did. Webb. He made that movie that I'll never see called 500 Days of Summer. And then he got to make a couple of Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I mean, and, even James Gunn at this point. I mean, I yeah. think he put something of his own stamp on Guardians of the Galaxy, but nothing compared to slither or super or anything like that but also i looked at the there's this clip of of chris pratt and and jurassic world online and uh he where he's like strutting and making like sexist jokes or whatever making sexist joke dumb sexist joke not even like come on at this point we're so tired if if you're gonna do something like have a character be like that like at least have it be new you know have it be funny yeah and uh but, and yeah. then he and then he runs through some closing gate, and then it's like a Indiana Jones audition. You know, like the whole right. thing seems to be an audition tape for him to play Indiana Jones. Yeah, even his he costume slides, seems like that kind of costume. Thing. There's a closing wall, and then he sli- slides under this thing. He does this big dramatic stunt slide under a truck for seemingly no reason, like just to like slide would be cool. Uh, be like yeah. do a slide. And the other thing, and I feel bad saying this, um, just listeners, you may not know this. Jessica Chastain is not Bryce Dallas in Howard. Jurassic World. It is, in fact, Bryce Dallas Howard. No, I think they're the same person. I think it's, a big, a, it's a big Hollywood conspiracy, yeah. and the Illuminati and Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard, same person. And But which one is which? Which is, they're or is the it, same. They're the same. They're neither. They're, neither of them are called Jessica Chastain or Bryce Dallas Howard. It's just some it's other just thing. A, some, thir- some girl who just doesn't want to... You know, doesn't it's just a figure. You know, okay. they they when they when they pumped out these people in the um, Hollywood factory, they forgot to name them and they made the same one and then they sent them to the Jessica Chastain one. With they, they were planning on having a Jessica yeah. Chastain and a Bryce Dallas Howard. Turns out they sent the same person to the both titles. Right. And then right. now they're like with oh, differing shit. levels of talent. Yeah. Oh that's me. Who's who's got the more talent here? Uh, Jessica Chastain. I think they're both great. Um same person. Ted too. They're both. I think you know what. I think that both of them are equally redheaded. That is. That is. Well, I don't. Yeah, I guess that's true. Ted two. I auditioned for Ted two twice. Didn't get it. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Were you trying to play the bear because uh, that, that part was already. No, I auditioned for uh, two different parts, and I actually didn't see Ted one. Don't know any. Never seen an episode of the Family Guy. Voiced a couple of voices on American Dad, but uh, I thought what uh, I thought what if the scenes I read were funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. They were like, like little funny sketches, but I actually was like, "This is funny." And I also, the thing I wonder about Ted too is, did Mila Kunis not agree to come back, or did they just say, "Let's get a different girl"? I could see it definitely being that. Yeah, I mean, um, I like Mila Kunis. I also like Amanda Seyfried, but it's just weird that like she's in it. Yeah, she's the. There's the, a lot the of famous movie. people in Ted too. There's going to be a lot of <laughs> famous people. Apparently, Morgan Freeman, according to this, <laughs> is in it. All right, um, movie called Love and Mercy. I don't know anything about that. Is that the uh, uh, is that the Brian Wilson thing? Um, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Two. Is that the is that you know that there's a Ted two and a Red two? <laughs> That's uh-huh. true. There's yeah. two Reds. Is that weird? That's another thing to think about. They made that movie Red. They already made a sequel to that movie Red. Right. Yeah. And it's already it probably came out two years ago. Yeah. Red two was like probably 2013 or something. Yeah. When's Red one? Is that 2010? Around there, probably. Maybe even a little earlier. Maybe twenty nine. Yeah, I'm fast. Yeah, I saw red, and I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." And yeah. I, I'm Wouldn't fascinated that they that they thought that they thought yes, we should definitely. We've got more to explore here. Um, but no, uh, uh, what mercy. is it? Love and Mercy. It's a uh, boring title, that's for sure. But yeah, Paul is Paul Dano playing Brian yeah, Wilson. I believe he's playing young Brian Wilson, restaurant. and then I think, okay. uh, and then I, I wish, think. Uh, 
I wish, uh... You're far from Cusack. the mic. I wish John Cusack had gained a bunch of weight. John, John Cusack plays the adult, uh, or the, the, the older uh, Brian Wilson, yes. So. Okay. Um, Let's so, talk about Josh now that he's not here. <laughs> Josh is not here, so but he's not going to have anything to say about Inside Out anyway. Um, it's, I, uh, it's, it's like the first Pixar movie that I genuinely don't give a shit about. Huh. Like there are, because it seems so, it could be great. But it seems beneath them. It seems like a concept and a visual execution from a different studio. Like it just doesn't look like I didn't like Brave, but visually it was gorgeous, and it's a neat, and I was excited that it was a female protagonist. I Car- like Brave. Cars didn't look that good to me, but I wound up liking it more than I thought I would. But like this one, I really was like, oh, that's I would have told you. That, like I would have guessed that was DreamWorks or Disney. Like it seems like Pixar is just like they just cranked it out in between, you know, sequels. Uh, I don't know. I'm interested in it, but it is the director is Pete Doctor, who made um, Up and Monsters Inc. Both movies I don't think are all that great. I like um, both of them quite a bit, and so he might. It might be something I enjoy. I don't know. Um, let's talk. Oh, good, Josh is back. What did I miss? Uh, we talk about a uh, Pixar movie. Um, well, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it's like a cartoon, as far as you're concerned. All right, Spy. Are, are you what interested? a bad title, though. Why call it that? That's the new Paul Feig movie. Paul Feig, Melissa McCarthy. Oh, that's right. Heat, like Bridesmaids. Well, here's the thing. Why is it called Spy I, when you could call it something better? I actually think Heat, the Heat is uh, is even better than Bridesmaids, but I do have one problem with both of them that um, Tyler and I have talked about on the show. We used to say on the show, and I think you still f- believe this, that if a comedy is funny enough, you will forgive it almost anything else in terms of its construction and story and character and stuff like that. I'm not sure um, how much I think that, you know what? Uh, yes, I think I mostly think that increasingly I don't feel that way. And I definitely feel like both bridesmaids and heat are really, really weak stories and weak in most other ways that make a movie other than it being funny. But the fact that they're both so funny I think obscures that a little bit, but I do, I do kind of wish that Paul Feig would make uh, a real like movie movie. I don't, I didn't see the heat, but I think the thing about bridesmaids is it is, it is first and foremost like a character comedy. Like there's not much story. It's all character interaction and stuff and awkwardness. And I I think it works on that level. I find bridesmaids, you know, that was one that I I watched it way after the fact. And I was like, "Eh, everyone's talking about it. I don't want to see it. And then I watched it like on a, a, someone lent me a screener or something. And when I finally did watch it, it was like, uh, I thought it was really good, but I thought it, there was way too many bits in there, and like the bits where they're like showing like that they're friends and they're doing like when they like put chocolate on their teeth or something. I was like, ah, oh, this stuff isn't good. You know, this part <laughs> I'm talking about. No, like, well, there's a I scene where Maya Rudolph and and Kristen Wiig are like budding, uh, you know, like they're oh, like right. talking, like I've, go- you know, like it's like it just felt like a different movie, you know, like they're. See, I don't want to see their inside jokes. It doesn't fit into the same movie But doesn't it need the rest- to be there to establish the strength no, of their friendship? No, I, I thought it hurt the comedy, personally. It felt like I would have rather exist in this... Uh, I thought, you know, that it was plenty set up that, like, she's this girl who just lets John Hamm have sex with her all the time, even though that she's he's a jerk, you know, and uh-huh. stuff like that. Their dynamic... And I thought that that was bad, but... but uh, uh, I, 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 I want to say about Melissa McCarthy, um, I think that it's cool that there's a a star, you know, uh, a comedy star, and she's, like, making... I don't see Identity Thief 
Didn't look bad. Didn't look good to me. It's it's not terrible, and she's it, very funny in it. Didn't care for the title. I think Melissa yeah. McCarthy can be really funny. Uh, Identity Thief. What kind of title is that? Yeah. But, but Tammy. Uh, Tammy. I didn't see Tammy, but I kind of thought good. I'm glad that it looks like something I'm glad exists. Like I like a. I like that she's making original movies to star herself, and they feature lots of comedy people playing silly characters. You know the Groundlings. Um, the Groundlings. Uh, kind of. The whole thing of the growlings is funny characters, you know? I mean, it's like, so I think it's cool. I, You know, it's, I think it's cool, but then at the same time, I'm also like, that doesn't look good to me. You know, like Spy looks like, I see that billboard, and I go, it's probably going to suck. But I'm I know nothing ex- about it. I assume it's a comedy about her being a spy. I think it's like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. I guess so. Maybe she's an underdog spy. That's based on her being in it and it being called Spy. Yeah. By the way, I mean it's uh, cool that there's someone who is a c- comedy character actor playing characters like a you know like a Peter Sellers type or a Martin Short. Yeah, type, yeah. And they're starring in movies like here. I wrote this movie about this silly character and it's a comedy and it's gonna be you know. But then at the same time, I'm also like Paul Feig, he sucks. Also, I and I <laughs> and I know this is kind of a maybe a weird thing, but like so she you know she's a larger woman mm-hmm. and I like that not every joke is about her being larger right you know what I mean it's not and all it's fat not joke. just look at this fat woman you know fall down or anything right, like that right. she's like, actually she, also like a legitimately brilliant physical comedian yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay uh, you know what I'm really excited about is this movie dope um, what's it about is it like blow uh, which is no, a bad it's movie? more of a I think from what I understand it's more of a comedy not like a, uh, it's like a slice of life type, life type comedy. The three Inglewood kids uh, in a drug deal gone wrong or something. Um, and uh, you, you can't take the vaccine. Can't touch. Can't touch. Um, but oh, I uh, like the, the stars Zoe Kravitz. And is it a period movie? Um, I don't know if it is or if they're just like hipsters who dress like it's the late 80s, early 90s. Uh-huh. But it also stars Tony Revolori from... Um, the Grand Budapest Hotel, hmm. uh, the kid who played. The kid. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. Uh, yeah, he was good. Um, anyway, it's getting great uh, notices again. Yeah. Um, and I'm very excited to see Dope. Dope. I'll check it out. Did you see. I forgot. Go on. Okay. Um, I have literally nothing to say about the Entourage movie. I'm. I have so many things to say, but nothing that other people haven't, which I just. I can't think of a movie less necessary to humanity. <laughs> or or theaters or anything like it, it was anybody and you know what here's the thing i i didn't i watched the first couple seasons of entourage thought it had its moments wow um but at the same time like was anybody asking for this was there an expectation of it like do people want this who are these yeah, people I, that I, want I, entourage I, the movie adrian grenier well that's yeah. true that i get i'm sure jeremy piven is eager to like milk his you know noteworthy character a little bit longer but it's you know just when, like, I, when i saw singles uh the other night he has this, a small cameo in it you mm-hmm. know as like a, a grocery store checkout guy yeah and yeah. he's bald you know yeah which and this was like years before you know it's just weird that he used to be a not totally vain actor as well you know where he would uh he would play these bald schmucky guys you know what i'm saying like, yeah and yeah. uh like, even even though he could be like he's really insufferable in movies like judgment night but he's also like good as like yeah the you know i really liked him in gross point blank yeah, yeah. Like, 10 years 10 years I yeah. Remember yeah, he's really good point. at those guys but yeah. then i guess he's like well now i'm gonna get hair plugs and and play cooler guys yeah 
<laughs> and, um, and and proceeds as though that part of his career never happened. Yeah, it's fascinating. And he'll probably never play that. He'll never play the obnoxious guys again. Yeah. Well, not that kind of obnoxious guy. Yeah, anyway. different kind of obnoxious um, guy. Anyone excited about this uh, documentary live from New York about the about Saturday Night Live? No. Well, no, I, from Battleship Pretension, it's not a good, interesting idea for a movie. <laughs> what is the? Why do we need to see? Gee, I would love to know more about the behind the scenes of Saturday Night Live. I'd love to hear Saturday Night Live's take on their own legacy. I'd love to hear them talk about the geniuses who came out of Saturday Night Live and the hard work. Geez, I wonder what it's like for a young comedian to get on Saturday Night Live. And wow, I bet you uh, Lauren's really nice and everyone on the crew is really nice and you know that they write it all on tuesday and who cares no if it who is cares? that if it is that that will be insufferable i'm sure I, that's I, the whole thing what's the description say the history of it and all the great rock and roll comedians that came out of saturday night live i do feel like over it'll, pro- it? it'll probably just be like very the genius of very complimentary and then occasionally like oh yeah and uh, john belushi time. did cocaine john and stuff. Belushi. but this the darkness we couldn't stop it this picture in the entertainment weekly that i'm looking at includes friend of the show lorraine newman looking like possibly the coolest person in the world yeah so I'm oh, we, of, love, we love her she's great i'm excited about that that is a super cool picture yeah all right who's uh, that in there is that is that Shelley Duvall? Shelley Duvall, Gilda Radner, Jane Curtin, Lorne Michaels, and friend of the show, Lorraine Newman. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the movie that I don't even want to say out loud. That's that right. Yeah. The, it has the worst, most Sundancey title in the history of movies. Let's hear it. It's called Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that, a, is that, what's the one about? I feel the, like, uh, it makes me, like, just saying it makes one, me angry. Yeah, why, why? <laughs> It's like what's the what's the one with um, Gosling and he gained a little weight and he had sex with a dummy? Lars and the real girl. Lars and yeah. the real girl. Dan in real life. This one they've taken it to the next level. Me and it's me, me and, Earl, and Earl now. And the dying is girl. anyone famous in this or is it cheap moral budget? Uh, Thomas Mann. I don't know who that is. Directed uh, or stars? Uh, no, he's the star. The director is named Alfonso Gomez Rayon. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's just got the worst title ever. So, it's like you know people people talk about some like. Some people just having faces that you want to like punch. Yeah, that movie has a title I want to punch. Olivia Fair Austin. enough. This is teenager stuff. Yeah, yeah. Never and it's it what what festival like just happened? Because I think Daddy's did... dying. Who's got the will? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy, did I get a wrong number. <laughs> That's a real movie that really? I watched once. Yeah. Uh, um, what's the, my favorite title? Is as I've said it before. Uh, oh, dad, poor dad, mom is hung you oh, in yeah, the closet. Play, and I'm though. feeling so sad. That's a play, right? Uh, I believe uh, I don't remember. No, actually. No, it's, a, it's a play. Yeah, yeah. My I favorite. Wrote it. I think my favorite title is Chris McGlover made a movie called "It Is Fine." Everything is fine. <laughs> I think that's a great title. It's <laughs> funny. He made another called "What Is It?" <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Afterwards, he made "It Is Fine." Everything is fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Another movie with uh, you see my movies. It is uh, what is it? And it is fine. Everything <laughs> is fine. Um, uh, another movie with a questionable title: "Infinitely Polar Bear," uh. but it stars Mark Ruffalo and Zoe Saldana. Oh, so I, that's, I like uh, both of them. Not a good uh, title. Yeah. What the hell is that about? Titles Although, are, better, titles title are, than, better title than Identity Thief. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, he's got better bi- title than Horrible Bosses. He's got bipolar disorder, so I guess that's or where the spy. polar comes Infinitely from. polar. Okay, okay. Keep it covering. It's a bipolar <laughs> thing? Yeah. What do you think the odds are that they're probably not going to explore that very fully and they'll just go with what, like, the thing we all know about... You know, bipolar. Yeah, it's just going to be. Uh, I mean, 
And I like Mark Ruffalo, but I think it's just going to be a very specific type of actor showcase that I am not going to enjoy. Yeah, well, what, what, the title... What? Go ahead. What, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you think he'll be? Where it's just like, okay, it's like, oh, you get to play the, you get to play extreme emotions. Great, this is going to be great. That we just get an actor people like and and people know is good, and Mark Ruffalo is great, and we'll just like, it's like, okay, so what is like, what's a a, a mental disorder? Because like depression, well, that's kind of boring, really. If you look at it a certain way, we can't have that. We don't so what watch do we a do? Guy be depressed? Yeah. So what can we do? Oh, here we go. A nice like. Well, we don't want to do multiple personality. What's the closest thing we can do to that? Oh, bipolar, because then you've got the two extremes. Wonderful. Do that. And let's maybe yeah, maybe put together a little Oscar campaign for right. in the future. I feel um, like as good as it gets, hit that OCD jackpot right in time. Right. You know, it was yeah. primed. No one really had an OCD movie, you know, where it was like, yeah. he's got OCD. And they're just like, I remember that got me in the theater because I, I had was having a particularly a lot of teenage struggles with OCD around that to like 16, 17. And I think there was a year cause I was obsessed growing up with movies that I stopped watching. I just didn't watch movies for some reason, like at, at age 17. So I missed a lot of the ni- big ones in 97. And then that one was what got me in the theater. Jack Nicholson plays a guy with OCD. You should see it. And I was like, I'll see that. And I was really into it. Uh, I enjoyed that movie. Did yeah, you see, um, we're all big fans of Mark Ruffalo and everything, but did anyone besides me see the movie he directed? Well, oh, it that's right. What's it's it called? Call, it's called. Speaking of bad title name, bad movie titles. It's called Sympathy for Delicious. Yes, yeah. And I the, didn't see it, but the I know only it. thing worse than the title is the movie itself. Sympathy it's, for Delicious. It's terrible. Um, okay, Insidious Chapter Three. Um, you know what? Uh, I like the really, conjuring. Really good. It's not James Wan, is it? No, this is Lee Wanell. That's uh, the that's the partner. Yeah. Watch the very first theatrical trailer of Insidious Chapter 3. Really effective. Yeah. I'm, I don't give a shit about the movie, but I, I'm like, that's a nice little uh, short film there. Does it have, uh, what's his name in it? Does it have Patrick Wilson? No, it has uh, no, a this Dermot is a prequel, Mulroney. actually. It's a prequel, huh? I yeah. like Dermot. Yeah. I, like, I think Dermot, you know, Dermot's great. Dermot's got a great look. You know, we love seeing Dermot show up. I actually think Dermot, I actually think Patrick I don't always Wilson, know what character you're going into. I'm just doing who's, a guy. Who's that guy? That's a, uh, that's a Hollywood guy uh-huh. who, who, who's maybe going to finance or produce. And we're, and, and someone's saying, you know, I think we could get Dermot. And we go, well, Dermot's great. He's got a great look. We love Dermot. You know, I mean, he, <laughs> he brings a certain, a certain market in there. The thing about Dermot is <laughs> um, Patrick, Pat, Pat, Pat Wilson. Oh, I love Pat Wilson. You know, he's great. We, we, we love it. You know, he's, He's great with this. <coughs> Excuse me. The thing about Pat, mm. thing of Patrick Wilson is, he doesn't have a lot of draw. <laughs> um, but I do like Patrick Wilson actually when he's uh, when he does character actor roles. Mm-hmm. He's good as a character actor. All right. So there's a movie called Testament of Youth coming out. I'm seeing it. In a Who's few in it? Days. What's it about? What's it called? Um, it's uh, based on a memoir of uh, a woman named Vera Britton. Never heard of it. Living through World War One. She's nobody. Oh, great war. But it stars uh, Alicia Vikander. Never heard of it. Ex Machina. She's nobody. Um, oh, I love it. She's great. From, uh, she got a lot of heat. She's coming out. Anna Karenina. And what's the other one? What was the Dutch movie? She's uh, she's uh, one Royal of those. Uh, Bri- she's one of those Britless actors. She's British. Um, We're gonna see. I, yeah, I don't know, something like that. What's next? Uh, but yeah, she's really good. Uh, and then Mia Vashikovska stars in Madame Bovary. That's cool. I'm, I'm not with you on this. Cause Madame I, Bovary, what is it? It's a, uh, it's a book? Yeah, it's a novel about <laughs> yeah. a woman uh, a <laughs> who I think wants to fuck other people besides her husband. Ooh, I like that. Um, Tell me more. And I, uh, who directed it? Uh, I don't know. Ooh, Madame Bovary. It doesn't say in there? 
doesn't say in your entertainment bookly not for the capsule ones it doesn't it doesn't have the director can just, listed can we just rattle them all off just go no, down the that's list. what i like, that's what i try to do and you stop me after everyone yeah, but i gotta well, know who's, a, say, who's in it who made it what's it called like yeah, just well, that's what i want to know you say here's what it's called here's who's in it here's what who directed it and what the brief synopsis okay well madame bovary is based on the book madame bovary it's directed by sophie bart never heard of her um, she did a movie called Cold Souls with uh, Paul Cold Souls. Oh, Ew, Cold Souls. Yeah, that's what she made. All right, um, <laughs> but it Cold Souls. Uh, I uh, think I'm going uh, Mia Wasikowska and I love that. I think and uh, I love I'm gonna take a Valtrex for that one. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> the Wolf Pack. Oh, have you heard of the Wolf Pack? Uh, so it's a Sundance movie or something. It's like a that? documentary about about. There's these. They're like, is it five of them? Um, no, the seven. Seven brothers who have almost never ever left their apartment in New York because Ooh. their parents are so strict and like they homeschooled them and they're not, they don't How old are they essentially they're, um, let's see, does it say ranging from age from 11 to 18? Wow. And they, but they're obsessed with movies and they watch movies and they like Ooh. recreate movies. Like they're their only friends or, or one wow, another. That sounds interesting. It, it sounds doesn't it? interesting and deeply yeah. depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they're living there. It's maybe it's kind of got a Casper Hauser thing about it or something. Yeah. Or it's got like a, Maybe it's got a, uh, or, or have you seen Brothers Keeper? Yeah. We'll talk no. about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, the Tribe sounds interesting because it's a movie uh, it told entirely in sign language um, with no subtitles. Hmm. Oh, there's so one, there's a movie called Defula, which is a deaf vampire movie and it's made for deaf people. I love it. It's a deaf Dracula movie. Um, there's a movie that sounds um, like it could be kind of depressing uh, called Three and a Half Minutes. Which is about um, the sequel, uh, three and a half m- minutes and a lady. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, do you remember a few years ago there was that in that Florida gas station there was the white guy who shot those black kids for listening to their music too loud? I don't uh, remember that. I mean, it started with an argument; they wouldn't turn on the music, and then he eventually shot up their car uh, and killed one of them. Or uh, yeah, one, killed one of them. Um, and so it's a movie about that. Uh, Manglehorn is the new David Gordon Green. I don't know much about it. I watched it. the trailer. I didn't think it looked very good. I wanted it to look good, but Harmony Kareem looks kind of funny in it. He's like oh, I didn't know he playing was this it. flamboyant character, and he it's, like he might be good in it. It's a good cast because it's Al Pacino, Chris Messina, and Holly Hunter, and I didn't know how many. Holly Hunter looked really bad in it with her bad plastic surgery. Oh, did she have? Uh, she's got weird eyes, and her face is like, and that was just hard to. That's a bummer. That's yeah. A shame. She looked bad in it, and then uh, the film just kind of looked, you know, super like digitally and cheapy which i'm always kind of like eh, i don't like this look but maybe it'll be good um the overnight i'm seeing that in a couple weeks with, what's that uh, adam scott and taylor Schilling moved to seattle and they hope they found a friend in kurt jason schwartzman but their first hangout might end up being a little too friendly for their tastes so it sounds like this Kurt guy's a real pervert. Does it sound like a real bore? Or does it sound fo- good? Um, I gotta say, I, I mean, like the cast. So well, no, I don't do like, you like I the like, cast? I like Adam Scott and Taylor Schilling. Are you kind of kind of? Are you getting a little tired of seeing um, Adam Scott, Rose Byrne, Paul Rudd, uh, just all these guys show up in movies playing <laughs> everyman white guys? Uh-huh. Like, aren't you getting a little tired of seeing all these? And then you know, with a Rose Byrne looking wife. Or you know what I'm saying? I guess I I do, but I like. I mean, you name like, people that movies, I like, especially these, Rose Byrne. I mean, these, I, I mean, she's great. She's she's perfect. She's great in Bridesmaids. But don't you think like that we could do more with Rose Byrne besides have her play someone's hot wife? Well, that's you know? what she did. She did in Bridesmaids. She did a lot 
more than that. And on damages, yeah. she wasn't that. But I feel like I know her more from things that aren't the hot wife role than right. things that are. Right. Maybe I just keep seeing her probably. Like, I get really. I just keep giving the Rose Burden those weird roles instead of the hot wife roles. Yeah, let's do it. Let's um, do it. I'm going to make a call. We love Rose, but we need her to be the hot wife. Okay. Uh, what happened to Miss Simone is a documentary about Nina Simone, so okay. I'm interested in that. S1, S1 Moan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Finally, like, people are talking about Simone again. Yeah. It's about what Anthony happened. Anthony Call parked up and goes, is this my movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little about what happened. Like, what happened with this movie, Simone? <laughs> um, Max is a movie about a military dog. I don't know. Ugh. Isn't there already? I'm, I, I'm waiting for Max Furry Road. Isn't there a na- isn't there a Nazi <laughs> isn't there a Nazi movie called Max or something like that? A Nazi movie with John Cusack. Or yeah, something and, like and uh, oh, right. he teaches Noah Taylor as a uh, young Hitler. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. the, young Hitler. Is that movie any good? It's not bad. I watched Downfall recently, which I'd never seen. I've also never seen. I that, had to play actually. Hitler in like this short film, <laughs> so I watched Downfall. <laughs> um, I I liked uh, I liked Downfall. Did I ever tell my story about? Oscar Hirschbagel. How about a name? How about that name? Huh? Oliver Hirschbagel. Oliver Hirschbagel. Um, and I was telling my story about being a PA on his and knowing, like working with Oliver. Oh, on the invasion. I, I think you did. We did talk about this. Yeah. Okay. For the listeners who don't know, do you know the story? Yes. Tyler? Oh, okay. All right. Well, for the listeners, tell you don't it know, anyway. I want to hear it again. The invasion was a movie that Oliver Hirschbagel directed. The invasion directed, of the Body Snatchers. And there's a remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig. Um, then Warner Brothers fired Oliver Hirschbagel and redirected most of the movie with. Uh, McTeague is that the guy? McGee? No, the guy who did V for Vendetta. Oh, anyway, um, I, don't I think I think it's him. And so I got hired on for a couple of days. Oh yeah, as a PA slash director's assistant or whatever to help Oliver Hirschbiegel pack up the house that they rented for him while he was staying in town directing the movie. And um, he, everyone at the production office was like, just he's got he, you know, he's got a temper. He's like, just don't. You know, just do what you're there to do. Don't like they're saying all this awful stuff about Oliver Hirschbeagle. He literally could not have been a sweeter man. He was the nicest person in the world. They just something got twisted, I guess, in the making of that movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was my that was my. What whole. has he made since? Well, we're gonna find out. Aren't Absolutely, we? we're gonna get to the bottom of this because Josh Fadum don't know. Okay, well, let's move on to Pan, which is Joe Wright doing Peter Pan. Ugh. Okay. That's Hasn't he already thing. made a bunch of Joe Wright? I mean, oh, he's the guy who makes like all those uh, you know boring movies. He makes like Pride and Prejudice type. I, I like Atonement. Pride and Prejudice. I, I like I didn't almost like Atonement. Every, I didn't like Atonement. I love Pride and Prejudice. Hannah, I thought was a little cold. I love his version of Anna Karenina. Pan, however, how many Peter Pan movies do we need at this point? Right. So Frankly, at this like the one that they did in two thousand three with uh, Jason Jeremy Isaacs Sumter. is really good, and Jeremy Sumter like that's a really good one. I like that a lot. I this one is like a prequel, and so you've got Hugh Jackman, who by the way would have made a pretty good Captain Hook, but no, he's not Captain Hook. Instead, they have uh, Garrett Headland Headland as a young a young Hook huh? Hook, and he is so here's the thing in the right role, Garrett Headland can be a very good actor. Thought he was really good in Inside Lewin Davis, mm. but his small part, he's brooding. Yeah, yeah, it's it very much, very much like uh, the type of role that a guy with his looks and his persona could play. He's playing. Oh, I'm sorry. He's playing young James Hook as basically Daniel Plainview. He's so obvious. He's so obviously ripping off that character and that performance that it's like, how did anyone let this? Go was like did was Joe Wright not there? Were the other actors not there? 
was it just a, a green like, screen he thing? Did, he's just in there like, I'm Captain Hook. Yeah. And yeah. these are mine. The name's Hook. James Hook. Like, he talks like that. Right. And he's even like a kind of a prospector more than a pirate. What's his hair look like? Uh, Black? <laughs> With a big mustache? No, not quite he's that. But boy. he there looks like... Deaf kid with him? He seems like a young... Daniel Plainview, like he even has like a hat and like a vest and all that kind of. It's he, just in a good he, way at all. Because I like friends Daniel. with Kieran Hines. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. In a good way, because even though I'm not a, like a big Garrett Hedlund fan or whatever, the uh, There Will Be Blood is like a good enough movie and like that's a towering performance enough that I'm like I kind of watch someone do a bastardized version of that. Like, I feel like you maybe know what I mean. Maybe it's like too even if recent. it's a, especially almost if it's a bland, if it's a bland looking white blonde guy, you know, I'd it, be interested in seeing like bland white guy going, you know, I'm Captain Hook it, and I steal your fairy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I steal your fairy dust. <laughs> I snorted up. I snorted up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Oliver Hirschbiegel directed a movie called Five Minutes of Heaven with Liam Neeson. Oh, that's... I, James I'm, Nesbitt. Yeah, yeah, I've heard He's that. He's done that's some TV. Good. He did uh, Borgia, which is not the Borgias. Okay. It's a different show. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, um, a lot uh, of German stuff. Episode of uh, Turn. And then he did a movie this year called Elser that I'm guessing is a German film. Hmm. I don't know. Don't think about it. Well, okay. that's our Hirschbiegel. Um, I'm really actually interested to hear what you guys, how you guys feel about Trainwreck, because uh, as an Amy Schumer fan, I'm very excited. But as a guy who has seen Judd Apatow's movies as a director, I am very wary. Uh, so how do you guys feel about Trainwreck? I know very little about it. It's her and... Um, Bill Hader. Bill Hader, that's right. And Not excited to think it looks bad. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Well, you're not a big Apatow fan in no, general, No, I'm not right? a big Apatow fan. Um, not really... F- super familiar with Amy Schumer stuff. Uh, the sketches I've seen are like competent, but I also, it's not, it's not really my taste. I don't really like stuff where people where comedians play themselves, where you're supposed to know and care who they are. And there's a lot of that on her sketch show. Some of the standalone sketches, I'm like, it's pretty funny. Um, I, uh, so I don't like like the person I'm a little over it's, and this is another reason why I don't like Saturday night live anymore is like i just am tired of seeing like me people playing like hey it's me like the cast member of the show and you're supposed to like know who i am and here's all the characters of my writers that you're supposed to know who they are it's like that's just i just see that and i'm like do comedy just do the comedy <laughs> do what those what those characters the writers are supposed to be writing i just want to see that i don't want to see the the persona of you you know and uh but so so in that sense i'm not I'm not super familiar with the stuff that Amy... I didn't watch her do her hosting stuff or anything like that. The stuff that I... And then the the other stuff, the train wreck, I don't know, it just looks bad. It looks like dumbed down, um, girl, girly stuff that's like... <laughs> it just looked bad, you know, where it's like, oh, no! Oh, oh, he's texting back? Oh, no! Like, what do I do? But you're missing. Have you seen the trailer? No. And also, I don't like. You're missing the 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 kernel of that scene, which is not. Oh my god! It's not like it's not. He's just done that. Not that into you. The idea is the fact that he texted the next day makes him seem like a stalker to them because they're so used to these casual relationships. To these to these bad dudes. Or no, or no, just I don't necessarily mean bad. I just mean like casual. She's used to casual sex, and the idea that he's she first she assumes it was like a butt text, uh-huh. and then uh, when 
he says no it was on purpose her friend's like i'm calling the police uh i feel like that's <laughs> funny. that's funny and that's not that's the opposite almost of what you're characterizing it as okay because it's not it's not the familiar another thing i don't like about it <laughs> Thank you for listening to my rebuttal and processing it. it. I listened to it and I said, okay. I mean, there's also just a general tone of something I watch and I go, I'm just not liking it as I'm watching it. To the point where you, you, I don't know, I'm not even processing the comedy of it. The other thing I'm not liking about it is like this pandering bet. I don't like the comedy of celebrity appearances. I don't like the comedy of cameos and these these sports people oh, pop, popping James. up in the trailer, it just feels like pandering to get more of an audience in there. Like, that I LeBron's there. Look, LeBron. I'm like, I and don't watch sports. I, I don't know shit about LeBron. Why, like, is, why is this funny? The press around the movie is like people like the actor saying, you know, LeBron James is actually really funny. Like, yeah, he could, could have see, a career as a comedic we actor. We to see LeBron do something <laughs> funny in this movie. Yeah, it's I like, you know, like who, you know who would probably be better is an actual comedic yeah, actor. Yeah, like, actual comedic someone actor. you don't have to say, no, seriously. You, your assumption that this guy who's not an actor at all, he's not bad. Right. But as not bad as he is, I'll bet an actor would be better. Yeah. An actor. How about you get a good actor playing a, a sports figure and have them give a good performance? Instead sure. Of, right. Hello, I'm a I'm a famous sports star and I'm saying this funny line, you know. Um, you, you know, there's plus, a reason uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. won an Oscar and Jerry Maguire because he's a good actor. Yeah, right. you play a good character, you know. Right, right. You you can get an actual actor to play a sports. You don't have to get the sports kid. But isn't it better to get the real guy? That's another thing. Like, I'm not into comedy that leans on celebrity cameos. Me either. And 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 comedy that lean. I'm also not into comedy that leans on a mentally ill person showing up. You know, and mocking <laughs> them. Look at this retard. Let's make fun of right. this idiot off the street. But but more so, the bigger culprit right now, I think, is like the comedy of cameos, you know, like this lip sync horse shit all over Jimmy Fallon and just everything of like, let's pimp out this. Isn't it cre- so cool to see a celebrity doing a, a crazy thing? Yeah. Like but you know what? Point, I'll say many- this came up on my other podcast with Paul Goble, the, 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 what late night shows are doing now with all these little celebrity games and stuff. And my point of view there was that, you can just not watch those shows. That's what I do. I and I'm not bothered by it at all because I don't watch the shows. I don't shows. watch the, the, the lip sync stuff, but but I'm saying you cannot avoid comedy that is, does not rely on celebrity cameos right now. That's how I feel. No, the I'm biggest, with you, and it's The it's biggest annoying. options are all, you know, like every Adam McKay movie, you know, or the Anchormans, they've all got to have their celebrity cameos. You can't watch a late night show without it now. Like James Corden, it's all got to be about, look at the celebrity we've got. You know, yeah. like Fallon, it's all about, look what celebrity we've got. Like at a certain point, where's where's the comedy? Is just is that our comedy that we just oh he's here oh I know her oh they got the real guy oh she seems like a good sport yeah yeah that's a big part of it you know? yeah no I'm with you I mean I, there are things to do well um and speaking of Amy Schumer she just had a sketch um, with Tina Fey and that was actually really funny so well, yeah, that was a well written funny thing on, it was a well written right. yeah and, but, but it's also like it was I don't know I actually thought it was I agree with the sentiment behind what they're making the sketch about mm-hmm. but I also was like I would rather see um, a comedy sketch that is not about how you're all famous personalities. Okay. That's my personal taste. All right. Like, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not that fast. I'm not that excited by the celebrity culture of 
I'm not that excited by celebrity culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's move on. Um, okay. well, well, actually, speaking of celebrity cameos, sports cameos, did either of you read the AV Club's uh, oral history of like the making of Airplane? That they no. did uh, a couple weeks ago. That's apparently, a good cameo. Yeah, the, well, apparently the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar part in the um, in the script for a lot the longest time it was Pete Rose, and then when they finally got the movie made, it was the middle of August when they were shooting, and he was busy. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "What basketball player can we get?" Well, isn't and that's some, how it ended up being. Wasn't him. there some funny thing where he agreed to do it? If some, yes, what was it? They offered him. Uh, $30,000 for the role in 1980 money. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess that's more now. Um, And he said, I'll do it for 35,000 because there's a $35,000 rug I've had my eye on. (laughs) He literally (laughs) took his check and bought like a super expensive Persian rug. Man, oh man. (laughs) Um, All right. um, He seems like a nice guy. I'm definitely not interested in pixels, especially given the recent press around Adam Sandler um, mm. that has been. What's uh, the press around him? Like that his, the, the Native American stuff. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, if you read more, it sounds like they really, they really missed the mark on whatever they were trying I mean, to do. It's also like, well, there's the two sides of it, and I actually saw. I'm not going to say I speak for anyone, but but the, there was a fellow who I'm facing. But you're one sixty fourth Native American, right? right. <laughs> Uh, my grandmother actually was born and raised, or was raised on a Cher- Cherokee commune. She's not Cherokee, but you know oh. she lived in a Cherokee. She she grew up around Cherokee. Okay, she gets but, it. But anyway, so she gets. She I think she considers herself part Cherokee. She speaks it. But um, uh, I, so there was someone who was um, Native American from Oklahoma that I'm Facebook friends with who kind of posted a thing, and instead of like how dare they and this and that, he was like almost critical of the actors like really you really thought like being in an adam sandler movie you were going to get some sort of fair treatment or something big <laughs> surprise or something like that but then the other thought was like um it's also like i'm i'm almost i lean on more the less pc side of things of like you know like maybe like there's still something there's still humor to, there's a good way to mine certain types of humor from certain things but Leave the Native Americans alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, don't fuck with Native Americans. The jokes that don't have fuck with the American surfaced Native. are not funny. But I think what really is damning to them is that they hired a like cultural cultural consultant for the movies. Uh-huh. They specifically went out of the way to, to hire this guy, and then by his account ignored everything he ever said. Like, right. like to them, just having the guy on the payroll like, was sign, supposed to be enough of an, yeah. of an umbrella. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. Is I agree with you in that. Up to a point that anything can be funny, like even Native Americans, like there's a way to make that funny. But Adam Sandler's not the one to do it. <laughs> right. Like someone, someone Rob out there Brooks did it. Yeah, Rob Rob did it. yeah. By going, by admittedly not really. He turned him into you know, Jews. Tur- yeah, which is yeah. Kind of, which is very uh, remarkable. Hey, funny. Us. And so <laughs> laws and gay. <laughs> um, to go back to Pixels, actually, I will say I watched the short film that it was uh, oh. based on. Okay. The short film's great. I, uh, it's a shame that uh, the movie's going to be so terrible. Okay. Um, now, Tyler, I get the impression you... I would guess that you were excited about Mr. Holmes. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> Bill Condon directing Ian McKellen as an aging oh, Sherlock curious. Holmes. Yeah. I'm curious. I, it's, uh, you know, it's, frankly, it's been, I feel like it's been so long since I've seen Ian McKellen in this type of role... Uh, that I'm very excited to see it. You know, I'm a big, I, and I feel to, like to put him back only with, does this type of role. He, I mean, he does, he's Magneto and, uh, Gandalf. Like that's 
what he's been for a long time. Like I feel it. Whereas so Josh is lumping Sherlock Holmes in with Magneto and I say he's always playing the, the the man who's I'm the British man who's got something. Except for in uh, what was the the t- 15 years ago Gods and Monsters? Yeah, which, which, which is the same director. All the, same director yeah, all as the boys with their little pricks about. <laughs> yeah. it was glorious, and, and their pricks just dancing about, <laughs> sucking their pricks. <laughs> Wow, you, re- you remember the exact line after all these years. <laughs> That's, That's what really he said. He's the whole time. Like, and we used to have parties with lots and lots of the boys, and they had their pricks. <laughs> we loved seeing them in the, <laughs> naked in the pool, and they'd come out water dripping off their pricks. <laughs> <laughs> if I weren't so aroused right now, I'd, I'd tell you to stop. Okay, um... I don't have anything to say about the vacation remake. No, it's not a remake because it's it's, it's a, a remake. It's, sequel. In, it's a remake sequel reboot where he right. plays Rusty. Ed Helms plays Rusty. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And no Randy Quaid because he's mentally ill. Yeah, yes. that's a shame. Sad. Um, Which, by the way, if you go on a dark internet hole and you watch the the thing, the bad video where he thinks that his Independence Day character is memorable. You also will click around and see there's like weird sex videos. That yeah, I heard about that. Dark. I not, I'm not going to watch any of that stuff. Yeah. And there's like 30 minutes long. I didn't sit through them all, but I clicked around and go, what is this? What is that? I was like, oh, man. They got like their pants down and stuff. Dark. Yeah, that's a sad thing. Yeah. Um, so that's vacation. Um, let's move on to Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. All right. Christopher McQuarrie, have- directed. I like him. I don't know what it is about the Mission Impossible series that makes me perpetually uninterested. However... They bring in a director that is capable. Like I, the four, Brad Bird did wonders with the fourth one, and Christopher McQuarrie is enough. I yeah. think that I'm sure it'll be. Are pretty you good. a Christopher McQuarrie fan? Did you see Jack Reacher? Because I feel like you would like Jack I Reacher. I like Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah. I liked John Wick more, but yeah. I did like Jack Reacher. I, like I think that'd be a good double feature. I want them to fight. Don't you think? I, I I like John Wick, Jack Reacher, and what was there one other guy? The Equalizer. The Equalizer was good too. I liked it. Yeah, I'd like it more if it was his name though. Yeah, if his name was the Equalizer. But yeah. I think John. I think John Wick and yeah, I would like to see John Wick and Jack Reacher team up. That'd be awesome. Um, okay, so uh, that's it. Uh, Terminator Genesis. Don't give a shit. Don't it looks shit. so. Sorry, I do give give a shit. Insofar as it looks so fucking awful, it's the worst of what we've been talking about. Where you watch the trailer and it's just, hey, you remember this line? Come with me if you want to live. Hey, you remember this line? I'll be back. And look, Arnold Schwarzenegger's back. It's just, and we got a young Arnold Schwarzenegger in there too. Oh, and we figured out a way to do that too. And he's got a bad wig now. He's got a bad yeah. gray wig. And I just, it looks so inconsequential and insignificant and it just this one like i feel like i feel like mad max is maybe trying you know it's the same director so like maybe he's trying to do bring new things to it maybe he's trying to explore different things this is it just seems like a cash grab terminator is over i heard good things about sarah connor chronicles on tv but like as far as that was like an oh seven yeah that was a while ago but like I saw Terminator Salvation. What Couldn't tell you a thing Jessica about it. Jessica Alba, James Cameron show. What was that show called? Uh, Dark, Dark Angel. Dark Angel, Dark yeah, Angel yeah. that's right. Did that come, that just, I mean, did anyone ever watch that? It looked so bad. I remember by the posters. I, I did not watch it. No. Yeah. But yeah. No one ever talking about Dark Angel. Like, yeah. Dark Angel was good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Terminator feels like a thing, like a lifeless corpse that they just keep trying to reanimate. And I'm sure it'll make a lot of money, but it's just nobody, like, to my knowledge, nobody actually thinks it looks good. 
No, I don't think I know anyone who's got ex- gotten excited by it. No. And admittedly, like I'm talking about giving my money or Jai Courtney. I mean, they just plug him in every new friend. Every friend. There's a handful. He's in Jack Reacher. Yeah. He's in Jack Reacher. He's also like. We're gonna make him the new Terminator guy. We're gonna make him the new Die Hard new guy. Die Hard. Yeah. You know, he played Die Hard Junior. Yeah, yeah, Die Hard Junior. And it's like he doesn't look like any of these guys. He looks like a big piece of meat. You know, <laughs> like a big, big slab of muscle. It, so he's one of those guys where, and Vin Diesel has grown up, and I've, Vin Diesel has been around so long that you just are like, all right, I accept it because he's just not going away. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you see these guys with all these muscles, and I just think. You gotta be so dumb. Like I'm embarrassed that you look like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, m- that's a muscly guy where you you like you're so uninteresting. All you are is a guy, a guy with a shirt off that I'm embarrassed for you. It's what I thought about Channing Tatum for a while, and I think he probably he recognized. Also, he also stuck around so long. Like I accept. Now you're here. Yeah. But then he, I think he decided. I think he realized. Okay, I think uh, I'm done with these shirt off things, and now I will actually do. I'll do Magic Mike, which is sort of about that and how he's more, and then he does the you know a lot of other stuff with that. I think he's really good. At. I think he's gonna play like a Gene Kelly guy in a small role in the new Coen Brothers movie, and I'm actually like, oh, he's a good dancer, so yeah. I'd like to see. I like that when because I don't love Justin Timberlake, but it's like I'm interested to see a guy who does this ooh yeah yeah type crappy singing, you know, and they make him sing like folk singing, and yeah, I'm like. Oh, I'm interested to see someone who has the ability, the skill, apply it to like a different style, you know? Yeah. So, so like inside Lewin Davis uh, with Justin Timberlake? Yeah, like when yeah. he did that. And so it's like interesting to see Channing Tatum, who's got this skill. Now, but you got to do like a Gene Kelly dance. Can you do that? You know, that's cool. Um, I will say, I recognize it's silly for me to like condemn anybody who might want to see Terminator, given what I just said about. Jurassic World, but uh-huh. I have no expect. First off, I do like creature features, but also, like, I recognize it's Cre- going to be creature ba- feature. bad to terrible, and maybe, but it also looks batshit crazy enough that I'm uh-huh. intrigued. This looks like it's doing nothing. At least the the raptor thing is crazy enough to be right. considered new. This is nothing new. And it's the guy well, who directed Thor: The Dark World, which I didn't yeah. see. Is he like it's a not, TV guy? Well, yeah, he's a Game of Thrones guy. Yeah, I will say I saw the first trailer and I thought, "What a bunch of garbage!" And I saw the second trailer and I thought, "What a bunch of garbage!" Like, hmm, like it did. Like the first trailer just looked like a bad rehash. The second trailer looked like, like, oh, maybe they're they're factoring in that it's like a different reality and that's why everything's different. And that was a slightly interesting idea. Maybe, but, I, but but I don't think they'll do anything good with it. No, I, I don't think. expect it to be good. I don't think that anyone will get. It. Yeah. If any, if anything, they'll be like, it's a different reality. That's why you missed. That's why Kyle looks different. Over probably, I have not skipped over you anything. Skipped over one thing. No, I will. You didn't glaze uh, over because we've been going so long. Uh, the end of the tour, where Jason Siegel plays David Foster Wallace. But every time I look Who's at this David picture, Foster Wallace? every time I look at this picture, I think it's Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> well, let me see. <laughs> Right. Yeah. What? Who is David Foster Wallace? Uh, he was a writer. He wrote uh, Infinite, Infinite Jest. Jest. Oh, okay. And, um, but look at this bad wig. About to do. I mean, look at that bad wig. Oh, Jason Siegel. Yeah. Is it just because you know it's Jason Siegel? Yeah, it looks like a dumb bad wig. But it doesn't look like Jeffrey Tambor. Yes. I, I, well, I'm trying I to convince me. I thought it was like a bad wig. James Ponsolt, though, he made uh, Smashed with directed by Susan or mm-hmm. written by Susan Burke. Susan Burke. Yeah. Um, which I watched, by the way, and it's great. Yeah, I actually did. You guys, see it. you probably are, you haven't seen Smash Dead? I haven't. Uh, do yourself a favor, watch it. It's really good, really personal. And um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's really good in it. And Jesse Pinkman's really good yeah. in it. Um, okay. Um, 
Ant-Man. All right. I like Peyton Reed. But I'm still bitter about the whole yeah. Edgar Wright falling out. And thing. from what I hear, actually, like in the trailer, there's a moment where uh, Ant-Man is running up the barrel of a gun, and it's very much from his perspective. And, and from what I hear, that whole sequence is just something conceived by Edgar Wright, and so it sounds like they left it in but got him out, which is unfortunate. But what I'll say is the scale of everything and that it's so that it's the size of an ant, uh, mm-hmm. which I like the idea of that. I think there could be some creative special effects with that. Um, Paul Rudd playing a superhero sounds kind of neat, uh, to a certain extent, but by and large, I, it's not that I don't care. Um, it could be good. Who's to say, um, like guardians of the galaxy. It feels like they're going in a different direction as far as like how to do a superhero movie and what they want to do. Um, but well, this, by and large, this I, one's like, from what I understand, it's like a heist movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I like that. I do like in the same way that the second captain America was sort of like a seventies, uh, cold war spy movie. This being a heist movie. I like the idea that, that with, within the world of superheroes, you can have these little subgenres. Uh, I like the idea of that. And so I, it could be great. It could be terrible. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd say I'm looking forward to it, but I'm interested. Okay. Josh, your uh, thoughts? Um, yes. Uh, my only thoughts that I thought of while you were saying that were when you said special effects, I go, oh, you know what had good special effects? Interstellar. That was mm-hmm. the first time I've seen a movie in maybe 20 years where I've gone, cool. How'd they do that? Yeah. Cool. That looks real. Whoa. You yeah. know, like there's not a yeah. bunch of... It looks real, bit. but we don't even really know what that would look like. You don't like. know There's what's real this. and what was practical, what they built. Yeah. Like, whatever they did in that movie to make those visuals, I wish they did it more often. Yeah. Because it was cool. And uh, that really made me feel like I was watching, like, a movie with yeah. special effects that it's, like, in the way. And I felt like uh, the way I felt when I was a kid and I would see cool movies. You yeah. Know? There's, a, there's a real, I, don't, I didn't love Interstellar, but there definitely is a sense of awe. I feel like, yeah, when I, like. I, when I, uh, I'll go back and watch it someday and think this is a cool movie. In the way that, like, I like The Prestige. Yeah. And, and then I walked away and I forgot about it. Now, every time I see The Prestige, like, if I see it on TV or something, I'm always sucked right into it. Yeah. Okay, uh, Paper Towns is a m- another movie based on um, a book oh. by the guy who wrote The Fault in Our Stars. Uh, a friend of mine directed okay. that. Oh, yeah? Oh. I like The Fault in Our Stars. And um, a friend of Robbie Pickering's. Oh. Um, uh, His name is Jake Schreier. Jake Schreier, and he made Robot and Frank. Oh, oh okay. Good things about that. Yeah, and I've heard Paper Towns is good. Uh, my, okay. My, maybe I shouldn't be saying it. My girlfriend saw a early screening of it, and she was telling me she liked it. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Magic Mike... XXL. I can't imagine what more they have to explore, but I did like the first Magic Mike quite a bit. You found it super depressing, right? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't hate it. Like it's like it, it did its job, but it's I, I would never watch it again because yeah. I, I found it so to depressing. Me, Magic Mike felt like a commercial for Channing Tatum to like be like a down earth seeming guy where there's all this bad improv of him like riffing with girls and like hey you like breakfast okay we, we huh, this is where people out there like breakfast hang out i'm just playing i'll just play is that oh is that your shirt you're gonna wear it no 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 you can wear a shirt oh okay i'm just playing i'm just playing i'm playing i'm playing i'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Okay, no no okay i'm gonna listen i'm gonna listen i'm gonna, I'm gonna listen i'm gonna listen oh, okay okay i'm sorry i can't keep, keep a straight face okay no i'm gonna keep a straight face i'm gonna keep a straight face i'm a good guy i'm a good guy yo can i teach your uh, little brother how to uh how to do some fun you know, look, I'm in, I'm in like building stuff. Like I'm a good guy. That's Channing Tatum. And uh-huh. I feel like that's like him, like, you know, like him doing his version of, Oh, Channing kind of like, we want you to be like a nice guy. 
You're literally pointing the mic away from yourself now. There we go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> here's what I find interesting about you, Mike. Steven Soderbergh is not directing it. Right. But he is the DP. Oh, he shot it? Yeah. <laughs> so he's when he said he's not going to direct movies anymore, it's like his sneaky way of being like, I'm going to keep directing. Yeah, it's like... like He's the, the DP? Gregory Jacobs, who directed it, was like his... What did Greg a, Jacobs make? I think it's he was like Steven Soderbergh's AD. Yeah, his longtime assistant director. Okay, so it handed the reins over to his longtime assistant director, Gregory Jacobs, but stayed on as XXL's uh, cinematographer and producer. That makes you wonder, like, how active was he actually in directing? Because <laughs> his last few movies, with the exception of Behind the Candelabra, are kind of these things where he just gets these, like, non-actors or... Channing Tatum types and goes and just puts them in front of the camera and like just do a thing. He probably gives them no notes at all. Like like the the MMA fighter and the girlfriend experience porn the Sasha Gray yeah. movie, you know. I thought Haywire was really good though. I yeah, I really I wanted like to it. see it actually, but it's no. but it's like is she performing in it or is she kind of doing her weird uh, like a Lucy Goosey modern Steven Soderbergh thing? Uh, I guess I don't know. You have to define well, what that is. I, I never saw the that girlfriend by saying experience. Like, girlfriend experience. He he just gets these non-actors in there, you know, and right. and and like says, okay, you, like, like Channing Tatum. If you watch, you saw Magic Mike, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot of this weird improv, you know, yeah. this weird like. It all feels like they said be nice, like be a uh-huh. nice guy, and he's like, this is me being nice. I'm joking. I like to be jokey, you know. Uh-huh. And then there's a few, and then the girl, and it's like, look, Magic Mike, like, like, I think you're really immature. I think you're, I'm like attracted to you, but you're immature, Magic Mike. But well, now there's, uh, now he's double XL, so he's gonna be. Does that mean he's grown? That, that teaser, as a person, oh, yeah, he's grown. He's grown, and so are the girls' underwears are gonna grow too. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what's, what? Are you, what are you implying? Um, I don't even know, uh, but but uh, I do think he's a pretty good dancer. Yep. I, I liked, I, and I actually thought the dance sequences in Magic Mike were quite thrilling. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're I, but they're great. also kind of like silly. Uh, they're the way that he shoots now is kind of ugly. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like with all the weird brights and gels. And yeah, stuff. and like, and especially in the dance sequence, like it's well, not, that's his DP style, I suppose. Uh, his it, cinematography. Like the, the thing about the dance sequences is, is they're not like overproduced like movie dance sequences like there are some times when they're dancing off on one side of the stage and they're kind of in shadows because like the lights just are where they are and Mm -hmm. he's shooting these dances almost like documentary style um i like it's it's ugly like in a good way i i I think it's a good i think it's a choice that works well it lets the dancing speak for itself it lets Uh the actual it shows what talented what a talented dancer channing tatum is Okay. Uh, By the way, I don't like Channing Tatum. I, I feel like I'm like, I've, I've said like three of them, like, oh, here's what I like about Channing Tatum. I like, like I said, he sure is a great dancer. Can't wait to see him dance in that movie. He sure is a great dancer. But uh, anyway, I like the directing style that's like, let's look, we've got, we've got these really talented dancers. Why would you move the camera around? Why would you do all this right. crazy camera stuff when this is interesting enough? And I'm real into that idea of filmmaking. I think okay. Channing Tatum is a pretty good actor. I liked him in, Fo- I think I thought he was very good in Foxcatcher. Well, I gotta see that. I haven't seen it yet, so um, maybe he's good. Okay, Minions is uh, the Despicable, Despicable Me spinoff movie. Yeah, I don't know about it. Okay, um, Southpaw is the new Antoine Fuqua ooh, that's film. The, ooh, that's the, the punchy. That's yeah, punchy. and I um, am a longtime defender of Antoine Fuqua, even though he's made uh, Tears of the Sun. Did you, you like that one? Like. I didn't like that one's actually pretty dope. I like the Equalizer. Um, I didn't was that see him? It. Yeah. 
Fuqua is uh, now taken over for Tony Scott with Denzel, I think. That's what okay. I would guess. Um, but he made Shooter, <laughs> which is one of the most underrated action How movies about the of the killer. decade so far. Replacement Killers. I didn't see that one. Apparently I haven't seen as many as I thought I had. That's his first one, Replacement Killers. Yeah. Um, Olympus Has Fallen I didn't see, but I kind of... I heard it's to. good. Yeah, I heard good things. I heard, I heard it's, it's like super bloody, though. <laughs> Whereas like White House Down was like the fun, like... Yeah. you know big budget like action comedy version olympus has fallen is like lots of people getting shot in the head when playing and stuff like that <laughs> um that's what i've heard um but yeah shooter is really the one that i like to focus on and king arthur which is better than people give it yeah. credit for and of course training day uh yeah that's that goes without saying um you didn't say that i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry to waste your time sir but yeah did you see shooter no, that's a good one. That's pretty good. If I have, if there's a mission statement for me on this podcast, it's to get Antoine Fuqua's Shooter recognized as. Uh, I heard they're going to make a TV movie. show of Shooter. Somewhere I read that. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, what's the next one? Is that what he's just like? No, no, maybe Mark <laughs> like Wahlberg, the, the fugitive, where he's like on the run, <coughs> and every week he uses his sniper skills. I think to Wahlberg help wanted to make someone a, a Shooter. Um, but yeah, Southpaw looks good. Um, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal roided out. Horace Whitaker, Rachel McAdams. I like all those people. And I, uh, I, I will say about Jake Gyllenhaal, because I like Nightcrawler a lot. Yeah. And someone's criticism of it is that they didn't buy his performance, but I think it's okay because it's a larger-than-life performance, and that's still fun to watch. You know, he doesn't yeah. have to fit into doesn't have to fit into a reality. Like, you know, you've met people like him, but you haven't met people that are like that. You just there are people that are like that in in that what he what he is like the snakes, you know. Um, and I believe that character exists, but I also am like I've never seen someone like that. But you know what I'm saying, like. I think it would be really fun to give a performance like that. Watching, Jake you're not going to find any arguments. Yeah, for me, I love that movie. Yeah, uh, but I'm, so, I'm, but I'm, I'm excited. But I've been about... talking about like that type that, that that's a perform that's an acting style. You know that that is like it works in a movie. You know that's what I'm. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder, you know, like it's not it's not a subtle performance, but it's well, a and, good one. And the film is a little bit heightened, and also the it's world like, that he that that character exists in is full of scumbags and people who are kind of a little bit more willing to let their emotions out a little bit. Yeah. And so I feel like a character like that, I, you know, there's billions of people in the world. I have to assume that there's at least somebody like that out there. Right. You're sitting so, with them. Whoa, watch yeah, out. Sitting with them, watch out. Um, okay. The, well, the thing about Southpaw that I learned uh, from reading this here, Entertainment Weekly issue, is that, uh, well, it's written by Kurt Sutter, which is not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, what, what's his? So it's uh, be really edgy and dumb. Yeah, the guy who created Sons of Anarchy, mm. um, but he wrote it years ago with the intention of Eminem playing the lead role. Wow, hmm. that's interesting. And that's but that also with um, Neil Blomkamp wanted oh, Eminem. And for isn't, that, isn't there like Eminem music in the uh, movie or something like that? I don't know. I think they're in the trail. Okay, like I saw sense. the tra- South Park has or Southpaw has Eminem music in it or something. But, like, but it's the same thing with Elysium. Neil Blomkamp wanted Eminem, and Eminem said he would only do it if they could shoot in Detroit. Um, hmm. He didn't want to leave his uh, so family. People are I guess. trying to get Eminem to act again. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and he and he doesn't want to act. Apparently not, or not unless it's easy for him to do, which is fine. With, you know, he's that's his choice. Um, but I, it makes me want to watch Eight Mile again and be like, was he really like he was good in Eight Mile? But I was he, he was really like? Good. 
a revelation that's inspiring people to write screenplays revelation i'm not sure i think it's it's the revelation of like i believe every emotion he's putting out there Mm -hmm. he is watchable he's not dull um and there's a lot to that character yeah absolutely so yeah that'd be certain departments he is not without talent yeah it would be interesting to see him you know be in something it's a good thing he wasn't i I recently see him because went on a uh, a tear of a spiral of his music videos from the early zeros and i was like he sure is you know he's he's wacky these are wacky videos yeah. <laughs> they really sketch comedy wacky the videos up with the wigs and costumes okay uh jimmy's hall is the new ken loach film so that sounds good interesting cartel land is a documentary about the uh war on drugs uh the bronze i don't know what this is a gross out comedy i'm not reading who's in further. it who's in it who's in it um doesn't say. Comedy one of their little capsule ones, so it doesn't say. Just all it says is a gross-out comedy? I can't see Okay, The Big Bang Theory's Melissa Rauch co-wrote okay, and stars in a gross-out comedy Crap. about a former gymnastics champ uh-huh. who coaches Piece slash sabotages uh-huh. the new Golden Girl Tumblr. Oh, so, okay. Um, and then doesn't say who, it just says Melissa Rauch and... Wrote it. That's the only name here. Um... Oh, and she stars in it. Okay, I don't know who that so is. It's a, it's a vanity. It's a gross-out vanity vehicle for someone go. on the Big Bang. That uh, sounds like a contradiction <laughs> okay. in terms. Okay. Um, she's, she's getting a stretch because she didn't get to be gross on Big Bang, so now she's getting to be gross. Here's one that sounds interesting. Do I sound gay? Um, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you that's the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> it's about the cultural a documentary on the cultural history of the quote-unquote gay voice. Oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. Um, because that 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 gets to certain things like that old uh, Louis CK bit where he talks about how if, so if, if, a, if a guy, well, it, like if a guy comes up, it's like, hello, it's like, yeah, that's silly. That's a silly man. There's a reason we're laughing. It's not because he's, he loves men. It's because that's silly. He sounds silly. And I feel like, I wonder if the, I bet they could, in, they would include that bit because it's uh, directly about that. Yeah. Um, the gallows is a found footage horror film. Boring. Right, yeah. Yep. Uh, selfless, a dying wealthy man played by Ben Kingsley undergoes a freakish medical procedure that transfers his consciousness into the body of a young man played by Ryan Reynolds. Okay. So, so it's like a transcendence yeah. body switching movie. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't uh, get to watch Ben Kingsley. Instead, we get to watch Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> the trans- that's, that's like for a minute. I was, I was like, okay, you've got me. Nope. Never mind. Yeah. Um, we're done. We're and talking. Ben Kingsley, we get rid of him right away. Don't worry. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's an 18 again, where you don't really get, you get Charlie Schlatter instead of George Burns. Um. Yeah, <laughs> you know that movie. I do know Eighteen again. Yeah, you know why? I, can I tell you why? I saw I know it in the theater. That's how I know it. Oh, I is a it's a PG movie that has nudity in it oh. because of the art. They, it was like an art class at the college. Oh, so and there's a nude it? model, and so when I was a kid. I liked that part yeah, because course. my mom would let me rent a PG movie and yeah. I was like, I felt like I was pulling one over and she yeah. didn't know yeah. that I, there was a naked lady in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we talked about a rational man uh, already, so uh, The Gift. What does it say about a rational man in there, though? No one has, this is uh, from Entertainment <laughs> no one has chronicled the existential dramas of intellectual men quite like Woody Allen. And his study continues here with a college professor, Joaquin Phoenix, in the middle of a crisis who finds comfort by helping a stranger. Mm. Now, read it again, but a little more feeling. Uh, No. Um, A little more heart. The Gift is a um, movie directed by Joel Edgerton, um, starring Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall. You know, I I saw the trailer for that, and it, it very much feels like a throwback to like a 90s stalker, like obsessive stalker movie. Or like Hand the Rocks the Cradle movie title. Hand yes, there the is Cradle, that. Yes. Pacific Heights. Does yeah. this bother Pacific, other people? The temp, uh, the, single white like, female. 
jacking movie titles that like there's already a movie called the gift yeah yeah but, it's, a, yeah, but it's, lazy. A gen- it's a generic title you know it's also the name of that a buffy was, episode of a white episode the season five finale of buffy the vampire slayer is called the gift. yeah even the sam raimi movie the gift shouldn't have been called the gift it should have yeah. been called something else no yeah. one no one remembers when you think of the movie sam raimi is directed no one thinks oh and then there's the gift because right, that's yeah. a forgettable title he might and, and they just slipped it out too um but the movie you mentioned mm-hmm. pacific heights it reminds me kind of of that but i what i like is that it reveals it seems to reveal that like so joel edgerton is kind of this obsessive creepy guy but then who who comes back into the life of like an old high school friend of his or something like that right and then uh, it's revealed that even the old high school friend kind of has a past. I don't know. It looks it looks kind of good. Unlawful entry. Unlawful entry. That's a good one. The uh, temp with uh, Flynn Boyle. I did not see that one. That was adults. Consent. I didn't see that one. Either. I don't think that's an obsessive one. I don't know. I, no I feel idea. like they Just all have they, they, they all like have Anna Shell. They all have Annabella Sciorra in them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Amy is the documentary about uh, Amy Winehouse from the guy who made Senna. That uh-huh. sounds okay. That Blink sounds interesting to me. There's what? Blink and Jennifer Eight. Two blind women Jennifer, in 90s that's thrillers. Sliver. Remember Sliver? Sliver? That's yeah. Yeah. Um, fan, Fantastic Four, or as we called it before, Fant Four Stick. Fantastic Snore. Okay, good one. Fantastic But four. this is great. Oh, I guess we should talk about this. Is oh, Wait, did we already talk about... We already talked about Josh Trank, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about um, This episode's been a million years long. I'll say this. The, the cast is interesting to me. It definitely is, actually. I, I don't like, much care. I don't like watching that Miles Teller guy. Just, oh, I'm with you actually. But I like Michael Michael B. Jordan. I like Kate Mara, and, and I like Jamie, Jamie Bell. Yeah, and I like the uh, and I like Jamie Bell. But that Miles Teller guy, I liked Whiplash. But that guy, I just don't like watching him. I I'm, think he's uh, he really you. is just excited for his moment where he gets to call someone a bitch. Hey, bitch! I'm a bro. What's up, bitch? You know what I mean? Is that in Whiplash? I don't remember that. Yeah, he tell God calls him a bitch. Fuck you, bitch. There's a scene where he does that in Whiplash. I don't remember that. And he's is it the, when he's attacked? Uh, uh, he's real mad. At are you sure you're not confusing it with that episode of The OC? That's the one. He feels like someone who wants to be on The OC. He wants to be <laughs> acting on The OC. Um, okay. Uh, Straight Outta Compton is the movie about NWA directed by it. the guy who made The Negotiator. I'll bet it will glaze over that, you know, that there's that probably Easy e was gay. Uh, I, I would almost certainly guarantee that it would glaze over that because this is a movie made with the full endorsement of the surviving members of NWA, right. and they probably don't want. And I bet it will glaze over that MC Ren was in the group. I wonder if that's true. No one was in that. No, no one's in my uh, MC Ren joke. That like because the, the trailer seems to be fan, you know, point angling toward like there's Dre and there's Cube and there was E and there was MC Ren. <laughs> and it's like what happened to mc ren he's just as big of an nwa guy as the other guys um oh yeah and ice cube was being played by the son of ice cube yeah hmm. o- o'shea jackson jr who's probably he's probably not a good actor but i like ice cube i think he's yeah. I think i think he's, he's kind of he's he's kind of the uh Maybe not the MVP, but he's sort of the unsung hero of those 21 Jump Street movies. I enjoy him uh-huh. a lot. I watched him do this bit on Jimmy Kimmel where they had him say, I mean, he kind of like laughed through the bits a couple times, but but um, they had him say nice things mean. Uh-huh. And there was a really funny bit if, yeah. you want, if you're looking for things to watch on YouTube where he like, yeah. you know, like the, something like, you know, this something like I'm paraphrasing, but this coconut oil makes, they say, give him a line. They say, this coconut oil makes my skin tingle. And then they, the lights change and he looks, he furrows his brow and he goes, 
this coconut oil makes my skin tingle. <laughs> <laughs> or that stuff yeah. like that. And like like a lot that. of a lot of funny ones like that. He had my my no. my favorite line in all of Twenty Two Jump Street is his when he says, uh, "I'm wearing twenty. I'm wearing eight hundred dollars shoes, and you can't even see my feet." Uh, that's a funny part. Um, all right, Grandma is a movie directed by Paul Weitz, starring Lily Tomlin and Marsha Gay Harden. Hmm. All right, that I like Sundance movie. I like all of those people. Yeah, that could could be good. Uh, Underdogs is a an animated film about soccer that was apparently a big hit in Argentina and is coming here. Oh, that's okay. All right. Um, I always like to I, I, I like the idea of other cultures uh, being represented uh, in animation. Um, this is Ma- Mastermind starring Zach Galifianakis and Kristen Wiig. Oh, you know, I saw a trailer for by that. Jared and, Hess. I, and I got to say, like, I, I kind of wanted to see it because I like the silly. I like people being silly characters, you know, my yeah, dislike I'm, of Jared Hess is probably going to uh, trump anything else. Because why, why do you dislike him? I don't like uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has a genuine contempt for his characters. For weirdos. And, yeah. I I actually I like Napoleon Dynamite a lot more than I, I you do, that, but I also think I do feel like his style being applied to a true story, which is what this is, um, is a little bit it, questionable. He, he looks yeah. a little more like a director for hire because it doesn't. I watched the trailer and it doesn't it doesn't have that kind of Napoleon Dynamite, Wes Anderson, right. flat, okay. not really brave thing. It looks almost like you wouldn't know that he directed it unless it's until it says directed by Jared Hess. <laughs> but but you know. It, I, I, it looks really broad and silly, but I like Zach Galifianakis a lot. Yeah. I think Kristen Wiig is funny when she's funny, uh, or she can be funny when she's, you know, in the right thing. And so I think just, who else is in it? Someone else good is in it. Uh, Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis. Oh, yeah, and they look kind of silly. Owen Wilson kind of seems to be doing the same thing. I'm not a big Sudeikis fan, but I guess he can be silly. If- I am, actually. I like yeah. Jason Sudeikis a lot. Um, all right, um... Well, I wonder what Masterminds will be rated because it is like a story about criminals. I, I like that. I like crime movies. There's not enough. There's not enough crime comedies with big characters anymore. That's my. That's this. The my most. I find myself going back to that influential uh, genre of you know crime comedies from the late '80s, early '90s. Right. You know, with big characters like. Ruthless People, I Love You to Death, Raising Arizona, Throw Mom from the Train, um, Something Wild, Married to the Mob, you know, She-Devil, uh, stuff where uh, Death Becomes Her, stuff where it's like these dark comedies where they have good actors playing big characters, yeah. and, they're, and they're scripted comedies. They're not improvised no. Judd apatow Paul Feig things. They're like movies with funny characters acting in them. But Maybe the, they have makeup, you know. The other what's thing what's that, your that, take on Nothing But Trouble? <laughs> I like nothing but trouble. I don't, but but it's not good. But but I like it. I think that was it's definitely a misfire. But it kind of came out around that same time. But here's the thing: the movies, all the movies you named, uh, or at least the ones that I've seen of those, in addition to being yeah big performances, big characters, and about crime, they're also I love you to death. That's another good one. They're also fish called Wanda. Very uh, yeah, they're, they're also very stylistically directed, and that's, I feel like that's a part of it of it being. Though they're a, a lot crime directed by auteurs like Scorsese after hours, you know, right. Uh, and so Demi, is, is Jared Hess going to bring that sort of darker edge to the look and feel of a movie? I, 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 I question whether he has that in him. I don't know. It actually, like I said, looks less stylish than his other movies. If you watch the trailer, you'd think maybe it was directed by just some, some broad comedy director or something like that. But, 
I, I think really what what I would respond to by the trailer I saw was Zach Galifianakis looks silly in it. I think it looks good. I like that. Um, the Man from Uncle is the new Guy Ritchie movie. Also like starring property, right? Alicia Vikander. Yeah, it is, but not one that. But I feel like it's old enough that it's not necessarily a property for like us. Mm-hmm. But it but is there a pre-existing are who thing. Remember that's something that people I've are, seen that there are people who are still alive who remember the man from been, uncle, right? I'm trying to make that. I don't even know what it is, what man from uncle is, but that's a thing where I always see the title and I go and I see that the, the uncle has periods between every line that uh-huh, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what that is. That seems too confusing to me. <laughs> I think it's don't a spy, think it's a spy thing, right? I think so. Yeah. It's about spies. So it's the, I guess I think like, what do I say? The man from uncle or the man from UNCLE? I don't know. Forget it. Um, Jonathan Demme has a new movie coming out this Ooh. August. It's called Ricky and the Flash, Ooh. and it stars Meryl Streep and Ooh. Mamie Gunmer as Ooh. mother and daughter. Ooh. And apparently it also stars Wick Springfield, which Ooh. definitely uh, mm-hmm. perks my interest, actually. Okay. <laughs> What's it about? Mother and daughter and Rick Springfield? So Meryl Streep is a musician, plays a musician who had a daughter and essentially abandoned her and didn't raise her because she went off to sort of follow her career. Mm-hmm. She didn't make it big, but is still like making a living as a cover, like in cover bands and stuff. And is not coming back into her, her grown daughter's life. Mm-hmm. That's sounds pretty good. That's the story. You guys seen swing shift, the Jonathan Demi movie with the Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell. No. no. Is that swing kids? No swing. Shift Are you thinking with- of overboard? No <laughs> swing shift night shift swing shift. It's like a, it's like a women working in a factory, uh, world war two era while the men went off to war the mm. women went to work right movie. Rosie the river and all that and I have it at home I haven't watched it but he made it in the 80s uh, that sounds think. good I like Jonathan Demi a lot you know Last Embrace check that one out okay um, it's a weird one Dark Places, starring Charlize Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz, Nicholas Holt, and Corey Stoll. Was that a sound because you still don't like Chloe Grace Moretz? Uh, this is like a years-long running may, thing. Maybe it was Josh doesn't like purpo- her. Purposely timed. Let's keep the mic pointed at your face. Purposely timed. You know what it is? I, I think I keep pointing it away because I've got allergies and this mucus phlegm keeps coming, so I don't want to... Oh, right, right. <laughs> Chloe Moretz. You know, but, I appreciate um, that. Well, I do like Chloe Grace Moretz, um, and this... This is a movie based on a novel. I, it from, was you who who got me having a talking point about why I don't like Chloe Grace Moretz. But that was more about kickass. Yeah, yeah but less about she was, her. She and her sick ass parents were the pawns in the were the were the uh, architects of the filthy, rotten Chloe Moretz scheme. They're the ones who put her smutty little twelve year old ass in the in the <laughs> goddamn sex costume for the perverts who like their little dirty sex smut, you know, sex trafficking Chloe Moretz pervert prick um, kids. Look, oh, uh, they're little pricks <laughs> dancing about. I don't agree with you in general about Chloe Grace Moretz, but if you're saying that people who like kick-ass are sex criminals, I am on board. Yeah. Okay. Um, and all the other, and the Avengers, and all these DC craps. Oh, boy. I, no. think, maybe, <laughs> I think maybe you've uh, broadened it beyond my, my endorsement. And these J.J. Abrams perverts. All sex criminals. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dark Places is based on a novel a by Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone, oh, Gone Girl. Girl. Yeah. Who directed she, it? Uh, um, I don't know how you say this. Guy Piquet Brenner? I don't know. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. Um, spell like guy? No, spell. It's It's... It's, it's probably like Gilles. It's G-I-L-L-E-S. Hmm. So, um, let's see. The Diary of a Teenage Girl. 
Boring title. It's another, uh, I, but I really like the choices that Kristen Wiig makes. Oh, she's she, in it. She's in this. Um, it's a uh, 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 adaptation of a 2002 novel about a teen who loses her virginity to her mother's boyfriend. Ooh, who so plays think, the teen? Who plays the boyfriend? Um, the teen is Belle Powley. I don't know her. The boyfriend is Alexander, Alexander Skarsgård, like him. Mm-hmm. And the mother is Kristen Wiig. But I really like, even though Who's I the director? really like Welcome to Me, I like that I, I really respect Kristen Wiig's choices Yeah, uh, in general. The director is named Marielle Heller. Oh, that is um, the sister of uh, comedian Emily Heller. Oh, I didn't know that. Who is very funny. Yeah. And I believe she's her husband is Yorma Tacone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of the Lonely um, Island and MacGruber. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like Kristen Wiig is is making very specific choices because this doesn't sound particularly funny. Uh, but as a comedic actress, I'm sure she will be able to bring things to the part yeah. that we wouldn't normally see. And I mean, this premise is one that I feel like is just kind of a, a standard, weepy, disturbing, maybe even uh, lifetime type of thing. Right. But I feel like casting her. I don't know. Could could elevate it beyond that and make it something more more relatable. Okay, um, I am actually I am excited for Z for Zachariah because it's directed by Craig Zobel. Who oh yeah, made Compliance. Yeah, uh, and uh, and The Great World of Sound. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, and this is another sort of I guess the rover type post apocalypse uh, sort of rural uh, story, um, starring Chiwetel Ejiofor, Margot Robbie, and Chris Pine. Oh, that's. Good I for him. It was a Sundance movie, too, I think. Yeah. I don't know much about Chris Pine. I'm trying to think. Well, you got to watch those Star Trek movies. Yeah. I, I saw him in, in Jack the Reacher, Woods. New Recruit. I didn't see that. <laughs> Jack, Re- Jack they, Reacher, Recruit Blues. Uh, it's, you're thinking of Kenneth Branagh's Jack Ryan, Shatter Recruit. Jack Ryan, Shatter Recruit. Um, but, uh, Isn't yeah, it weird that uh, Kenneth Branagh is like this big studio director now, and he just cranks out these big studio movies? He made a Thor, he made Cinderella, he made a Jack. Cinderella did you is really see Cinderella? Good. It's great. It's I'm not really pissing good. on him. I'm just saying, isn't it weird that Ken Branagh, who yeah. went, who was who was Mr. Shakespeare and Dead Again, and then he was not didn't direct anything for a while, and then all of a sudden he's managed to. But there's so jump much about. Board. I didn't see um, uh, Jack. What, Jack Reacher, Jack, Jack, Jack Frost, Recruit Blues, <laughs> <laughs> Miami Blues, yeah. Jack Frost. Uh, I didn't see that, but there's so much about Thor and Cinderella that is up the Kenneth Branagh alley, right. actually. Right. Um, okay. They're uh, once again they're trying to make a movie because the, everyone uh, speaks in Shakespeare British right, accents. Right. Um, another Hitman movie based on the video game. This one's Hitman Agent Forty Seven. Timothy Oliphant. No, this one's Rupert Friend. Oh, I we love I we love Rupert Friend. <laughs> Do you know who Rupert Friend is? No, but his name's Rupert Friend. Um, oh, are you talking about? Sorry, I was looking at my email. Are you talking about uh, Hitman? Hitman. So, forty-seven. Oh yeah, um, uh, Rupert Friend, I, Timothy Elephant. I saw the panel for that at Comic Con. Okay, and uh, was Rupert Friend there? No, Zachary Quinto. Sure, which I so want to be pronounced Quinto, but it's it, not. It does seem like it should be that. Is but, Zach uh, Quinto in Hitman? Uh, yeah, I think yes. he's the bad guy. Doesn't I, I it seem so. like he's a more of an A-list actor, and that seems like a weird role for him to take in this movie starring some guy named Rupert Friend. Who's I don't not think he's an A-list A-list. actor. Like, Is he not? I don't think so. I think I thought he was like a big actor. He's he's Spock, you know. So that's a big deal. I mean, it seems like he would be as big as I guess. He just got to take the work. He got to take that work. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rupert Friend, by the way, is a 
uh, he's not a friend, but he is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's most known here Rupert for a uh, recurring role on Homeland on Showtime. Mm-hmm. But Robert. a movie, Josh, that you should see mm. that I think you'd really like is a British movie from a year or two ago called Starred Up. Oh, yeah. Um, with uh, the the kid who was in Unbroken. I can't remember his name. Jack something? Jack O'Connell. Jack O'Connell mm. and Ben Mendelsohn. Mm. So Jack O'Connell oh, is a... I, like, I, don't like, I don't know about Ben Mendelsohn. Okay, well, Jack O'Connell plays in Startup. He's a, a teenager who's in the prison system, and he's such a threat and such a wild card that they Ooh, move him welcome. up into the adult prison system and that's what's be, it's called being starred up oh they so he's moved up. up and so now he's in this the the same prison as his father ben mendelson oh. and rupert friend plays the oh, like, therapist this movie. someone the, told me this movie is good it's really good it's, my piss on ben mendelson is how bad he is i think he's his, i don't know if it's him whose fault it is or the or andrew dominic's fault how bad he, i think he is there's characters in killing them softly where he's like i love him in killing them i'm gross oh fuck i fucked my i fucked an eyeball i fucked heroin in my Cock. I, I got vomit on my dick and I vomited in a prostitute's asshole. And I'm so high, I gotta steal money. He's just everything is so gross and like it's it just seems a uh, excessive in a forced way. I I actually uh, think his performance is very good, precisely because it's not forced. I think he's actually very relaxed and casual he's he he lacks energy basically and maybe the forced thing is coming in my perception from andrew dominic where it seems like it's it's going out of his way to be like isn't this gross isn't this dark i love killing them softly but i agree with you yeah um okay the new girlfriend is the new francois ozon film and i like uh I like him. His, yeah his stuff is great um People, Places, Things is a new film uh, starring Jermaine Clement, Regina Hall, and The Daily Show's Jessica Williams. Okay. Sounds okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, I guess Jermaine Clement plays a... I don't know. Uh, Jessica Williams tries to set Jermaine Clement up with her mom, mm-hmm. Regina Hall. That's the okay. premise. Okay. Okay. 10,000 Saints, uh, okay. Ethan Hawke, and Asia Butterfield. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Asa. Um, I'm going to stick with Asia. Okay. Um, Even though it's spelled A-S-A. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Asa, Asa, Asa. Let's say Asa. Asa, but you can uh, Asa, but or field. Asa, Butterfield. I feel like you can feel his Asa, but which one's gonna be? You can toss Asia Butterfield, Cody Smith McPhee, and Max Records in a bin and pull out whichever one you need for your movie. They were all they were all up for they were all up for the new uh, Spider Man, and I think it wound up going to Asa Butterfield. He's going to play Spider-Man? I don't know if that's official, but I think he's like he is the official like rumored. Isn't he like 11? I think the sun has literally gone up think, and come down. I think he's <laughs> I think he's like uh, I think he's like 16 this at now. this point. Okay. It's a lighted room when I sat down. I know. Um, I am not going to be able to make my movie. Like I Yes you are. No, you're going to make o'clock? it. It's, yeah, yeah it's still Aren't seven. you and I doing another one? No, we're not, obviously not at this oh, point. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, I steamrolled through it. Um, also, because I was late. You should have started, the, done the one at three. Yeah, we should have, well, if we'd known how late you were going to be. Well, there, you know, I, um, I thought it was four, and then I had the thing pre-existing, and I said, oh, I can probably make three. Right, yeah. Uh, criminal. Okay, I'm gonna just going to read the... Feeling like a criminal. Just needed to get the energy up, guys. Let's keep going. It's the Bee Gees, right? Feeling, um, no, that's a Fiona Apple. Okay, let me read the description of Criminal from Entertainment Weekly here. All right. An evil entity has hatched a dastardly plan, and the CIA intends to stop it by implanting the skills of a dead agent in a death row con. Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner, boy, he is, yeah. you know, he, he tried to, like, have a comeback, and now it's he's just going back into, like, postman territory. 
Where it's like that sounds like the most absurd, ridiculous. Or is he into? Is he trying to be into uh, Liam Neeson territory? Like, no, that's, that's what he tried. It didn't work. That's why they put him in the Jack in the Jack. But that's recruit. what it, that's what this is. It's he's yeah. like kicking ass. I assume, right? Yeah, I'm sure. They, yeah, but well, yeah, he was in he Jackson like Ryan Shadowboxer. The the Jack the Jack recruit. <laughs> right, and they Jackson, had and draft day bomb Jackson Stewart and the Olympians. and there was one more recent one that 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 didn't take black or white, black or white. What's that? Oh yeah, what was that, that was the Mike Binder movie, um, and no one wanted it. No, people no one don't want to see Mike Binder movies. Yeah, because he always has like three too many plot lines in every one of his movies. His Rained movies are like me. two hours and twenty minutes long. Yeah, because there's some like extraneous plot line about like Don Cheadle trying to fuck his assistant or whatever. Right. Like in, uh, They're all Rain slightly misogynist. Like, yeah. 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 Very much. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, digging for fire is a new Jones, Joe Swanberg movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who's in it? Jake Johnson, Rosemary DeWitt. I like that. I like both of them. Yep. Okay. Um, Sinister two is a sequel to the film. Sinister. Uh, and apparently it's apart. a big deal according to comic-con right? or WonderCon. Right? yeah yeah they made a big deal at the blumhouse panel that we got a big secret for you at the end of the panel and with the secret was a maybe 10 second teaser of sinister 2 <laughs> <laughs> no they, didn't, yeah. they brought no people out there just like all right thanks uh, good yeah. for blumhouse for just treating all their crap like it's a big deal yeah. you know because people are like fooled by it and they make tons <laughs> of money but i also i'm pro blumhouse because I, I like that. I like that, that that they're small movies, you know, yeah. and that they'd make a big profit, you know. I so don't want to believe that Unfriended is as good as people say it is. Yeah, because it's is that a so stupid to me. Yeah, that's it's a, a real bad title. Too. It's like up there with Fear dot com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we uh, we had a movie that I can't remember the name of at my video store, but it was something like that. Uh, but and I can't remember what the title of it was, but the tagline on the box yeah. was control alt death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, added, <laughs> added and me. The final Friend one request. on this list is sleeping with other people. Is that the sequel to sleeping with the enemy? It's reboot. <laughs> no. Um, I guess it's a sequel to seeing other people, a movie <laughs> with Peter Krause that no one remembers except for me. Um, I can picture the cover. Peter Krause. Krause and Julianne Nicholson, I think, are the stars of that. Um, but this is um, Jason Siegel and Allison Brie. Uh, not Jason Siegel, Jason Sudeikis. So I got Jason Siegel on the brain from the no. David Foster. Or maybe uh, that they're like the same thing. guy. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, they're, I don't know. Friends who are, uh, I guess they have sex a lot. I guess I like Alison Brie. I'm a big fan of hers. So do I. Don't like. Is it another attempt at like friends with benefits? Friends who fuck. What was the two but that came out? I, friends with benefits and um, buddies. Fuck buddies again. Or what was the one with Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher? And then there was yeah. one with Tim no Berlake strings attached. No, no strings attached. No strings attached. And then one of them was the script was actually called Fuck, fuck buddies. buddies. That's I think that was fuck no those movies was called that. Yeah, it was um, written by the new girl writer. Uh, no strings attached was the first movie I ever re- reviewed. Uh, like went to a press screening and reviewed for uh, BattleshipRetention.com. And my first one was uh, uh, season, season of the Witch. Yeah. Uh, but so, no, I, not a good year for us. I think the premise of sleeping with other people is that they're both very promiscuous people who try to have a non-sexual friendship. Mm. So I guess it's the it's the opposite of what we were talking. People love to fuck. That's what the that's what these movies are about. Yeah, well, that's hey, what most that's what most movies are. Can about. you fuck? Or I have a theory that friends? that's what life is about. I just watched Roger Dodger. Okay. I have a theory that this episode is about two hours and forty minutes long, and yeah. we should probably uh, the people put a cap want on it, it though. They want it. We did yeah. have somebody saying, "What? No summer movie preview with Josh Fadum? Well, that guy's gonna be real happy. Yep, or gal. Um, 
It uh, was a guy. You replied to him on the Twitter. Did I? Yeah. What did I say? (laughs) You said it's coming down the pike or something. Oh yeah, coming soon. Coming soon. Um, All right. So you can find us at battleshipretention dot com. That's where all the movie reviews are. You can email us at david at battleshipretention dot com or tyler at battleshipretension dot com. You can follow me on Twitter at davy pretension. You can follow. What happened at the pretension? Um, We covered it. It's a long story. Basically, um, I, I it it was my account in all in effect yeah for all practical purposes right Right. it was my account right but it seemed like the main battleship retention account so i wanted to reflect so you gave it you said so now you both can update from that account you get your own account uh actually the active retention doesn't exist anymore it it. does um someone else snatched it up and now it's fake david backs um but now there's at davy pretension is me at tyler did you delete that pretension uh yeah um, oh. And someone else then came along and said some jerk. Uh, well, no, he's a he's a he's a fan of the some show. Ju- some so. some cool guy. Yeah, uh, and then the main one is at Battleship Pretension with no vowels in it. So B T T L S H P P R T N S. So does that mean I might uh, still be following the at the Pretension? No, you would have followed me because I I didn't like cancel one count and start a new one. Uh, I switched the did name. Did you lose followers? Did all did all the uh, you get all I, your everyone? Yeah, everyone comes over. You can okay, change. it's good. really easy to oh, change good. your handle if okay. you want. It is yes. So I so you, you've been giving me a dirty look this whole time, and I don't know why. Because uh, you're oh, engaging just, my, my 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 question that you probably already covered. No, just the the. Uh, when you when you spell out the the new battleship retention account, it was before that. Oh, okay. But, uh, oh, honestly, I'm probably thinking of uh, of other things. Okay, so I'm, I'm at Davy Pretension. Oh yeah, Tyler is at Tyler Pretension. You're gonna um, make the movie. You're gonna be fine. What was the other episode you guys were gonna do, and you haven't? You didn't do it. Uh, we're still gonna do it. so We're not gonna say. Yeah, um, we're gonna do it next week or, or something at um, some point. And uh, is that our info? I feel like I'm leaving something out. Um, oh, yeah, your podcast is called More Than One Lesson. Yes, and uh, this week, so due to a technical difficulty, which is to say uh, I never transferred the uh, episode from my laptop onto my actual computer, and now my laptop is in Ohio with my wife. Um, <laughs> so I instead posted a, a, a mini-sode about Terms of Endearment, uh, and then the episode about Nightcrawler, it's been recorded and it will be posted uh, this coming week. Okay. My other podcast that I do with Paul Goble is called Hey, Watch This with Paul and David. This week oh, we'll be talking new. about, uh, we've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, but he had his own podcast and you had your own TV podcast. Was it always with the two of them or you guys joined forces? Um, I, my TV <laughs> podcast stopped and I was not doing a TV podcast for a while. And then when he put an end to his old one, he contacted me. I was his second choice uh, to see if he wanted to do, if I wanted to do a New show TV. about TV. Oh. Um, and so this week we'll be talking about the premiere of Happy-ish on Showtime. And we'll I'm be dropping not- in on this season of The Amazing Race. Hey, all right. Uh, so that's us. Josh, where can people find you and your work on the internet? You can find me at Josh Fadum on Twitter. At Josh Fadum on Tumblr. At Josh Fadum on Vine. Uh... I'm, uh, what else can we, can you find me at? Oh, uh, at Josh Fadem. I'm on, at Josh Fadem on Snapchat. Uh, it's J-O-S-H-F-A-D-E-M. You got I, Instagram? At Josh Fadem on Instagram. Uh, I got, uh, I write a short story every day as a personal assignment. I write a one-page yeah. short story every day. JoshFadem.blogspot.com. If you like to read, I don't, then go check them out. Uh, but, uh, if you don't like to read, check them out too, because they're easy to read. One page. And I think yeah, there was funny. just one about Martha's tight pants, right? Oh yeah, did you read that one? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was. You like that one? I like the the guy's name is Pluto. Oh yeah, yeah, Pluto, P L O O D O. Yeah, we yeah. when I can't think of anything, I come up with a with a stupid name. <laughs> so so there's a lot of 
stupid ones. Yeah. But I think there's at least a laugh in each of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, what so else do I do? Videos on the internet? Something? I don't know. Find me. Uh, watch me on the Copper things. Still Bar every Wednesday. Copper Still Bar every Wednesday. You're going to be at uh, uh, McChuckles or something in uh, San Francisco? On yeah, Doc's Lab in San Francisco on the 7th. Come see me. I'm funny. I'll be doing. My, I'll be performing my heart out. I'll, I'll, I'll give it all for you. I will, I will perform my heart out. I won't sleep on it. Even if I'm bombing, you know I'll give it everything I've got. You'll leave it all on the field. Yeah. What's that mean? That's like a football thing, right? Oh, leave <laughs> yeah. it all on the field, or <laughs> yeah. the, the check 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 your baggage at the door. Something, I don't yeah, know. absolutely. So you can find that. Uh, yeah, follow Josh. Watch uh, Jack Ryan, the Jack shadow, Ryan, the just, blue recruit, the, <laughs> the, sh- the Shadow Shank Redemption. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, thanks for oh, listening. I was on an episode of Better Call Saul a few months ago. Woo. Yay! Thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.